definitely out. Let's see what this person's smoking. Miss, get out of the car. Yeah. Are you on drugs right now? No, not at all. My car gave out. I mean, I had somebody help me before, and apparently the brake did not stop. Do you know you're driving on three wheels right now? Your <laughs> wheel's completely out. You just crashed into this gentleman right okay. here. You almost you're a up. hazard. You're on the freeway. Okay. 80 miles on the freeway. All right, you can kill it. We get we get it. Women are awful. <laughs> I don't think we we played that once before, but I don't think it had a, a conclusion like that. Where no, I don't think so. Where she crashed and stuff. So, all right, a little backstory here. I'm at I'm at Mass about a month ago, and I see this Japanese fellow at Mass, and I'm like, I think that's Ryan Katsu Rivera, and I'm like, I I can't go up and say is your name Ryan because. Like who the hell? What Japanese guy's name Ryan? <laughs> I'm nuts. I'm like, I'm like, I can't be him. No way. So I had a all Japanese people look the same moment. Yeah, you know, well, like had, that's called reality. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually uh, I I I saw Ryan on Twitter and I was like, hey, dude, you know, did, did, did you go to Mass on Long Island recently? He was like, yeah. So we wound up. Um, Seeing each other after mass last Sunday and shared a zin, <laughs> and uh, I bugged him to come on, and he finally came on. Now, a little backstory, man. I you you guys didn't share the same packet, right? No, we swapped. Yeah, we swapped. Oh, each of course, yeah. It was gross. <laughs> a little backstory. So, growing up on Long Island, I uh, I like Opie and Anthony were a staple to be like a young working guy on Long Island, right? So then they break up and Anthony starts his own thing. Anthony Cumia starts his own thing. And then this funny guy, Gavin McKinnis, starts a show on his network. I liked Gavin immediately. Then they go through this whole thing where he starts the Proud Boys, this whole th- I'm watching through the whole entire thing. I remember your first appearance wow. on New York Crime Report. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like you- you that's were crazy. Asian Pat Dixon, like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's how your Twitter name came to be. Like you did a good Pat Dixon impression. Yeah. So I watched this whole progression. Like I've always watched Gavin ever since he was on there. Then he, I didn't watch him when he was on the Blaze or wherever he went. Um, but then when you guys started your own thing, I started watching again. So it was pretty, pretty cool to actually see you and get to talk with you and stuff. So and now I'm dying to actually hear how the hell you became catholic so i don't know if, you, if there's anything else i need to add to that go ahead but no, uh, first of all that's the most refreshing intro ever because usually when i have to explain it like so how'd you get started with gavin's usually the question and it's like it's like ace ventura he's like yeah. the reason on the left side of your palm and just like start <laughs> the whole it's just a long story but really before that uh where i was before that was uh working at like a sushi restaurant in the kitchen <laughs> cooking all the hot stuff and i was listening to nothing but opie and anthony and really then, yeah and then so so i like that this is that's the timeline that uh, of your your familiarization with with gavin and anthony and the mind is like right up against it so i never really i was not raised with opie and anthony but they were the only ones like keeping me company in this japanese restaurant as far as humor goes now i love yeah. my boss my coworker, but there's a language barrier for both. One was Ecuadorian and my boss was Korean. So there's not a lot you can, you can't have like a nuanced joke with them. 
Yeah. It's all plastic. It's like boing, yeah. <laughs> And it's it's hard to like, you know, sometimes there's like a, I don't know, like a nuanced joke that you, they won't get. Um, but you, you start talking crap about the Chinese and they, he loves it. <laughs> hey, Tommy, they don't wash their vegetables. And he's like, LOL. But um, so I was listening to Opie and Anthony like as an escape from like kind of a humorless, not really humorless, you know what I mean, though. But so, you know, Anthony got fired from. Uh, Sirius XM while I was still listening to the free stuff of theirs on YouTube and I didn't sign up for Compound because of Anthony which I loved Opie and Anthony. I signed up for Gavin because I'd never heard somebody like say all the naughty things without giving them like the the stigma without without um, treating them like they're these holy Children. bad words yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't he wouldn't put like uh an explanation beforehand like listen i'm not trying to be right like he would just go for it gavin yeah. was hilarious from the first show he ever went on yeah and it was from like a best of that i heard on youtube where i was like I i'd like to hear the rest of that interview because i you know i could listen to hours yeah. of free opian anthony there's i'm pretty broke so i'm not going to sign up but um so yeah and then uh I i'm glad that you that you pretty much laid out everything after that, which is pretty great. Yeah. So were you like considering becoming a standup? No, I always uh, held standup in like too high of a regard. I was a big standup fan. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, my, I, I think I'm better in like short bursts, you know, which is why I don't really have a show of my own. I have a celebrity yeah. mailbag show every Tuesday, but I'm literally somebody at last night. I was the guy from, uh, no country for old men the entire time for an hour. So I just, <laughs> if I'm just me for too long, I just, I get bored. We, yeah. we actually tried in the green room. Cause Ron, like if you ever watch Gavin show, Ryan will pop in with like a face swap and do an impression. And I'm like, maybe we could pull off the face swap. We tried doing it. We wound up losing connection. It just all fell yeah. apart. So, yeah. but I still wore the vest. Like I, I, I would have been, I think it would have been funny to wear the vest and just do the worst Australian accent, pretend to be Matt Fred. But like, crikey, yeah. mate, it's uh, Matt Fred. <laughs> and then, dude, I did that to better his... than Anthony's. Dude, we <laughs> we went to Steubenville to meet Matt, what? and he's there with like his six year old kid. And I made his six year old kid do an Australian accent. <laughs> so Matt must have thought I was the biggest creep in the world. Like he didn't even really remember it when we finally had him on and stuff. It's just, yeah. it was such an awkward moment. That was a great episode. So I've been watching your, I've been a fan of you guys. Like, um, like at, at first, I think I was introduced to your show by, by you reaching out on Twitter Yeah, and all of my secular content. Like I listened to PKA, which is a show of just like these three guys that are, they're funny and they talk about all manner of things, man, about yeah. pop culture and stuff. That's the only like secular stuff I listen to. I'm just been just like rushing to, uh, Learn as much about, there's like kind of three sections for me. There's like the church history, the stuff that you don't, you're not required to know. And then there's, you know, I think probably everybody would say, right, there's, are you always in a constant state of catechesis? Like there's always, you can't know. Always. Still to this, right? I mean, Ryan, if you, if you've yeah. been watching what's happened. All right. So especially doing this show, talking to new people, right? Like we're interviewing people. I mean, I became a young earth creationist over the past year six months yeah 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 like, cool. like six eight months like i was an evolutionist a year ago and just from having conversations with people on the show i'm like this is it doesn't make like and i am full now i i go at it with 
pretty much anybody who's a Catholic and an evolutionist now, because you're just, it doesn't make sense. It's not coherent, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're constantly in a state of catechesis forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just in a, in a rush to, uh, to just know the things that about the faith that I think a good Catholic should know. And then there's um, the entertainment side of it where let's talk about, you know, and you you guys just had what Yabara? What was his name? Yeah, Eric Yabara. Eric Yabara. Yeah. That's awesome. Like his episode with uh, with uh, Matt Frad was really great. And uh, so just you know, th those aren't you know not not necessarily going there to learn anything, not going there necessarily for catechesis, but just conversations about you know Catholicism, the faith, and everything yeah. like that. So, but so I'm glad I found you guys because it's uh it's helped to. Yeah, it's really been like a full transformation of I used to listen to all Opie and Anthony creepy pasta, yeah. tons of stuff. And this wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, you, you want to know something though? Like the the ang our show wouldn't have the feel it does without me listening to O and A growing up. Like yeah. it the, the the idea of just like a laid back hang, no matter who's on, because I, I there was so much Catholic content out there of just a single person talking into a microphone. You know, like, I mean, you got Taylor Marshall, Tim Gordon, all those guys who I like and I and I'm but it's not much conversation. So I wanted to have kind of like a, a laid back where you feel like when you're watching the show, you're just hanging with us and we're constantly popping comments up. It's like the instant feedback they had back in the day when they were on like that. Yeah, yeah. And then strangely, when I reached out to you and told you about our show, I sent you the clip of us talking about the Proud Boy sentencing. Right. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, oh, we just talked about Gavin last night, and I sent you that hmm. clip, and that's how you actually found our show. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's you know what I gotta say though, like one could make the argument, well, that's that's what pints of Aquinas kind of uh, feels like. I used yeah, yeah, yeah. to call it pints of Aquinas just accidentally, which is hilarious. Aquinas. <laughs> it's delicious. Um no, but pints of the you could say that, but there is this uh sort of polish on it. I don't know that. This it, it feels like here, you know, kind of um, anything could happen, you know, <laughs> and that, that's your unhinged nature. And <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, I asked Brian, like, like when we first started texting and stuff, I'm like, uh, I'm like, have you ever been a holy innocence in Manhattan? He's like, no, I didn't even know they had a Latin mass in Manhattan. I'm like, you're coming on, uh, on uh, for I'm like, you're coming for the Easter vigil, you're bringing your wife and kids, I'm taking you out to dinner, you're coming. He's like, that's yeah. the most Italian thing I've ever had anybody say. Literally the most Italian Roman invite ever. You're doing <laughs> I'm your friend now. And I'm like, hey. That, that is how that, that that's how it works with him. I get a call on a Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Next thing you know, I'm his best friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I you. do it with everybody. I love it. It's great. It, it, uh, it's there's zero trepidation whatsoever. It's like, hey, you're you're in. Get in there. It's like, Dude, you know. I feel like it's it's hard to it's hard to make friends, right? Like it's it's a it's a weird thing, especially like, dude. I have nobody in my regular life. I, I you know what? That's not fair. I have my brothers and like I have a cousin, but like in your everyday, I go to work every day. I'm a construction worker. I'm not like talking about Catholicism with my friends at work for the most part. I mean, something might come up here and there, but like you need to have guys to shoot the crap with about mm -hmm. the faith. To like it, it just builds a sense of camaraderie amongst your catholic brothers i think it's important totally i have friends that that are you know it's really like a family of of you know my catholic friends and, and even acquaintances and everybody at the uh the parish that that we go it's to um, parish. yeah like, well, there, there are you, like it, it is like a family reunion where you're like 
All right. I know you guys are here. You're always here. And it's kind of like up to you whether like I'm going to explore our friendship and in uh, our relationship a little more today. It's like you kind of there's so many people that you can engage with. And, you know, this guy I had never talked to before. He's he's one of the guy who serves there. Yeah. And uh, that was great. And I've seen him a million times. So, like, I know him to, to an extent. I know that we share the same sense of reality, which is the biggest the biggest part. I used to think that conservatism was that shared reality that we need in order to hold us together. But I think politics will let you down. And that's 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 a truth, quote unquote, that winds up morphing. And where everybody right now that I know that are, you know, I've heard the term intentionally Catholic or purposely Catholic, whatever, that are really driven to it, um, want a truth that like an unmalleable truth that won't be be bent or swayed so and there's something about like when you when you seek out a, a traditional community that everybody there is taking their faith seriously like you don't get any accidental catholics at a traditional parish mm-hmm. yeah. everyone there is seeking to go deeper with their faith it's like you, you don't you don't just accident i mean you can accidentally go to a traditional mass but you know, like i my first one was accidental and it transformed me but pretty much everybody there, and we have a lot of young people at that parish man like oh, you yeah. go in and it's all just young families young kids just packed in there it's i mean it's standing room only pretty much every sunday yeah it's a shame it's it's not a shame because there are great parishes everywhere but it, it is something that of course you want to share like anytime a homily would happen and it is packed out there's there's people yeah like you said standing in the in the back you yeah. sometimes you don't have a spot um it's packed to the brim. You know, if I wanted to, I couldn't fit like three more of my friends in there. I, they probably could stand, but <laughs> it, it's like, I feel so, uh, I, I've just felt so grateful that, um, with, uh, the priest that just left, you know, to, to take that, that job, he was my favorite. Yeah. And, um, every, you know, actually I, I love them all, but he, he, they, they all have a different thing about him. He was a very intellectually based one. So it would, you would come away with knowledge and application of things and uh, a great exegesis, I guess, on, on, on the gospel. But the other ones are one pure heart, too, which I love that guy a lot. But I, I would just be like, I'm uh, like, I feel like I, this has to be shared with the world. He has yeah. said such things that I wound up telling other people about the concept of what freedom is. It's like, the freedom to partake in sin will lead you to bondage. So that's not true mm. freedom. You know, um, freedom is freedom from sin. And yeah. having the guidelines actually informs freedom more so than anything like sitting on Netflix with infinite possibilities, just like s- completely paralyzed by your options. And so he's just just that and then a ton of other homilies. And I'm like, this needs to be blasted out into the world. You know, and it's uh, so we have we have I, I bounce between St. Rocco's and St. Ma- and oh, St. Rocco's and St. Matthew's. So mm-hmm. the the, <laughs> the the other parish I go to, the priest that uh, is there is the best homilist I have ever heard in my life. I didn't even know that was a word. Yeah, he's the best homilist homilist I've ever heard in my life, and he's retiring in June. He leaves in June. Now, that puts that whole parish in jeopardy. We don't know if we're going to even have a Latin mass there anymore, so I'm probably going to wind up at the other one every week going forward once June comes. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted to go up to him and ask him, hey, can I record your homilies and put them on my channel? It's just... I'd be afraid to get them in trouble, especially seeing how many priests have gotten in trouble for their homilies, but they're always rooted in the tradition of the church. He takes you through a history lesson. Like one week he was talking to us about how 
Uh, Rome was founded on Romulus and Remus and how the church, as it comes in, it's founded on Peter and Paul. And he's like, like gives you a full theological explanation for how the church actually replaces the Roman Empire. So it was pretty amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, what's up? I was say, Anthony, do you know how many eagles Romulus saw in the sky when he found no, Rome? I don't. Twelve. No. Did he? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Twelve. Twelve apostles. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, wait. I want. All right. I want to go back because I like my impression of you watching you through this whole thing. It's I see you on Compound. You're doing an Asian pat dixon you know you're doing a pat dixon impression yeah. but you and gavin seem to become friends during this time you guys get a little trouble with keep the cop because you're doing some shenanigans and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like i literally watched it because i'm sitting in a truck all day it was, like, you were saying like the secular stuff you watched i like the secular stuff i watched would be kumia show and gavin you know right but yeah so i watched that going on so when i found out you were catholic i'm like i have to hear this story man so yeah like you're going about just hanging with these comedians. I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be wild for you as just some kid growing up. And then all of a sudden you hang with all these comedians, right? Yeah. Just like it's because I was literally only listening to like Opie and Anthony and uh, maybe some like scary stories. I like, I like horror. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know I do. Um, actually uh, our father there that, that I was talking about, he had a homily about like horror and sci-fi and why the need for that anyway. So, He's great. Um, but yeah, so I was I was just listening to Anthony all the time and I walk into the, the compound studio for the first time after being invited by Pat Dixon. But by the way, like Pat Dixon, I wouldn't I would not be here for if it wasn't for him. I did an impression of him on Twitter. Anthony retweeted it and said, this is hilarious. And then I called in at a show and then we had like an ex- and usually I mean, I was watching a lot of Anthony's show and I never heard a caller stand in line for longer than like couple minutes but we were there we were talking about impressions and stuff and he said that was so good and i was like this is this is great i'm just like a kitchen guy I yeah, dude, that's gotta be so great yeah because dude call callers into radio shows are classically horrible like i hate call-in sections so for you to get on and them actually keep you on the phone you have to be nervous as like anything just sitting yeah. there like oh man i don't want to bomb and the symbolism or the I don't know the, the parallels between Anthony and I were, were pretty interesting because when he was younger, he went on Howard Stern, which was his radio yeah. hero yeah, uh, doing an impression of not Stern, but a guy <laughs> yeah. on Stern's show. So just like I did a, an, uh, an impression of Pat, a guy on Anthony's show or Anthony's network. So I saw that similarity. He was in a band. I was in a band. He had uh, acne. I had acne. I had dumb big hair like I do now, and he had dumb big hair. I was like, "There's just, there's just so many parallels there." And um, so I really related to Anthony a lot. But it's only through Pat Dixon being like, uh, "You know, come on my show and uh, impersonate me." Yeah. And it was weird. <laughs> it was weird for him to like. To, it was weird for me to do an impression of a guy who's sitting right there. And, so, uh, so if a lot of people don't know who Pat Dixon is, but he's got a very dry way of speaking. Like it, like yeah. it, it really was hilarious watching Pat Dixon talk to Pat Dixon sometimes. <laughs> he, he's a he's really, I mean, like he's got something funny about every. He doesn't force it either. He's just naturally a very funny yeah. dude, and it is a dry sort of humor. Sometimes he's not even trying to make you laugh. Like maybe this time he was. We were all having um. Korean barbecue down the street in like K-Town and um, 
this uh you know before you get your entree they they give you like a bowl of random crap miso soup or something yeah (laughs) they give you like some cabbage and some whatever and they put the like a bowl of onions in front of Pat. That was the only place there was room for. He's like, Oh great. My uh, raw onions are here. (laughs) (laughs) Just like all that. But me and him would walk through the city smoking cigarettes when I, when I used to smoke and just like, just chatting. And he really spent, you know, a lot of time imparting, you know, a lot of uh, knowledge uh, and just, you know, just being, being friends. So that guy really has got a special place in my heart. So he invited me on to do a show. And one of the things that this is where the Christianity uh, starts to be a part of naturally a part of this story. Um, what Crime Report is is it's stories from New York City, ripped from the headlines, and then we make fun of them. Mm-hmm. There were times that I I remember having this uh, this turmoil within myself because we would be making fun of death, and you know, and it's really I got to say though, like it it's totally on me and was on me, and it's only. I'm resp- me responsible for how I would like to approach making that funny. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, uh, not proud to say that a lot of the times it would just be like a complete and direct neglect of like the sanctity of life to make these jokes. And I remember struggling with that. It's like, it is funny, but it is horrific. And I, you know, there, there's a trade off there and, you know, in life you have this innocence that you come into the world with. Um, and then you, you know, something takes it away. I don't know if you're wronged or something and you have hate in your heart or something, or you uh, are attracted to. I think a lot of time it's lust for men, right? Like you, you get sidetracked, like for most men, it's that, that's kind of what takes you away. So like, did you get lust for men? And I thought you were kidding. (laughs) No, not lust for men. For men, lust is the thing that drags away from the face. Oh, God, I forgot I was talking to. I'm cutting that one up. (laughs) So, wait, did you grow up Catholic or did you, like, uh, like what's what's your early childhood experience? Is there any faith as you're coming up? At at that time, it was just just falling away from Catholicism. That's the only faith it was. I mean, my my parents... um, I was baptized Catholic. I remember going, you know, when I was very young to mass and church. Um, but yeah, I guess I can't make the distinction of um, if it was a Catholic church or not, but I'm, I'm guessing it was. They were Catholic, my family, the Puerto Rican side of my family. Um, and I, I think when they moved out of the Bronx, I don't know if they just, um, I don't know if they, they just went to the nearest church possible. There's this scary thing that happens with, with, um, cradle Catholics, possibly, I don't want to speak from all, I, I don't think that's fair, but with, with my family, um, is that sure they were raised in it and the sacraments are a part of their life and everything, but um, it, it's starting to get to a point where like my aunt, she's Catholic to this day, but she's like, yeah, but we, we don't pray to Mary. That's the thing you're not supposed to do. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're like a. If you believe that, then you're pretty much just like mentally Protestant. It's just I mean, you don't have to. Horrible, pray to you literally don't have to. But she says horrible catechesis, though. No, but it's not that. Okay, so you don't have to. You should be. Mm-hmm. Like you definitely should be. I yeah. even get annoyed when Catholics are constantly like, "We don't worship Mary." It's like, eh, you really don't understand the meaning of the word worship if you say that. Like, no, we don't worship her. She's not a deity, but we. I mean, you know. The, the word worship is so weird and twisted in English. Like you would call uh, a king your worship in mm-hmm. in the in medieval times. You know, it's it's just yeah. they just really don't understand that 
like the role that Mary plays at all. It's like, if you really think about it, the God who created the universe is going to come into the world and he chooses this one. Like he's going to come from all eternity and come into the world and come through this one. Like, how do you not drop to your knees to that woman? Like she brought God to us. She's very simple. She, she has, she, she bore God in her womb. Yeah. Like how could that just be uh, nothing? (laughs) Yeah. And and it's so funny that I, I mean, you know, like uh, the, all the interactions I have with Protestants uh, on Twitter, I always try to make sure that, you know, especially like, because as a Catholic, it feels like you, not only are we responsible, we have this unique sort of responsibility to um, answer for the Pope or something, or like we, we have to, that that's, it, it's a thing that we, that is that comes yeah. with it. no other yeah. faith really has to to um, defend or explain. Yeah, none of the Protestant sects have to do that. The, the Protestants can't agree on anything with each other except that the Catholic Church is wrong, yeah. and, and it's the only thing be, they all get wrong. <laughs> that should be a, just a caution sign of that. Like you know, we did that uh, interview. Another sidetrack, real quick, but we did that um, uh, debate about uh, the Jewish tunnels or something. Something Jewish debate. Yeah. With uh, Gavin, and he was on the Zionist side. Yeah, it was a debate on Zionism, yeah. And he wound up leaving the debate because the guy was like, he was asked, would you rather eliminate Muslims or Catholics from the earth? He's like, oh, that's easy, Catholics. And he's like, what? And and it's like, you know what? I'm so glad you said that confirms, you know, the fact that he said none of these other Christianity uh, denominations are a threat you should look at that and be like, that's not good. You not want- only did he say not say they were not only did he say they're not a threat, he was praising Protestantism. Yeah. He's like, that's the true Christianity. The Catholics are the Nicene, this and that. Like this guy, you want to know <laughs> you want to be pr- a lot of people are proud of their creations. You know, you can't blame them. Just yeah. kidding. Father Maudley, <laughs> watch that episode. Great, great yeah, episode. We've really seen it. Yeah, for real. But um yeah, so Catholicism being so uniquely attacked and on, on, you know, with Protestants on Twitter and even friends of mine and stuff, it's like it sharpens your faith so much. Like, there's no topic that that's that I, that I'm afraid to defend. But when I was a Protestant, not uh, strengthened with like the you have to you have to know your faith. I mean, it's it's just there are answers when you're like, I don't know if it's okay to do this or do that. Well, the church fathers do living people, the living body of the church right now has um <clears throat> made statements on things like contraception abortion things that are that were not then and are now you know that there, there's an answer for it there is a right and wrong and there will continue to be a right and a wrong no matter how mu- how obfuscated uh the root of the matter is getting by well is it technically cheating if it's a robot it's <laughs> yeah. no you can't screw a robot <laughs> <laughs> these people oh yeah. man so okay, so now you so you have a Ryan just away. lost now, the entire Japanese audience right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm banned from the country. <laughs> I work so for you, the yeah, I work for a, a rival company. Oh. You, <laughs> you go through this whole uh, so you go through all right, so you were raised in the sacraments but never catechized. So basically, what my my situation was. Um, then you 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 start hanging out with all these comedians and stuff, and the first thing that strikes you is just the gallows humor that you're starting to play around with. I'll try yeah. and get this back on track a little. Sure. Yeah. No. Thank you. And yeah, the, the I mean, I, I quickly got desensitized, you know, to it, and it was only like a couple weeks in where I was like, well, hey, listen, it's 
this is the, this is the job, this is the gig, you know? And it's, um, but you know, at no point did it occur to me that you could, you could, there is a way to approach that the right way. You just don't have to, you know, it's up to you where you place that joke. Yeah. It, you don't have. To. So, you know, it, and there's, there's that, that conflict of, of morality, but the desensitization, you know, happened there and it's nobody's to blame, but myself for that. But, you know, if in, in daily circumstances, when there's like a topic or a joke to be made or something, I think twice because, you know, like we have that unique responsibility to represent the faith in a way, because it is such like a monolith to outsiders or, or, or people that already have just uh, been propagandized to think it's something. And then it's not yeah. like the Fulton Sheen, um, the quote about, you know, nobody that knows the church would hate it essentially. I know the quote, by the way. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, there's not a single person in the world who hates the church, but there's millions upon millions who hate what they think is the church or something. Yeah. Like that. So I'm, you know, trying to carry myself these days. It, it's, it's a challenge, but um, I, I appreciate that challenge. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of where I am now. That's where it comes full circle, I think, for me. But as far as the actual faith goes, I was non-denominational. I had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I always had and always felt, even in my most, like, uh, rebellious, faux-atheist sort of scientific reading, like, about the the field, uh, string theory, reading uh, Ann Taggart, I think his name is the, the, the field book about all this hippy-dippy crap, um, which some of them wouldn't even, and you know, be opposed to uh to the faith but some of it is like it's filling the creation myth or whatever um creation legend yeah <laughs> michael hitchman wasn't like the idea of the word myth you know i there was such a catchy phrase i was starting to use it and then i was like oh man we, we gotta say legend now but i'll still i'll myth. still fight for my position on that it, it, <laughs> I, it's you're right about myth. No offense, I, I know, and I love Michael yeah. Hitchpole, but you can disagree on something. It's it, yeah. it, it's a myth. I mean, it's not. Oh man, I don't want to get into that debate. The yet, thing is, the language really yeah. it is a, like a linguistical thing. One of the, one of the interesting things that happened on uh, Twitter the other day is somebody uh, tagged me, and it's always the case, you know, like the the thing where like Pope Francis Pope Francis just recently cleared up uh, the thing about the blessing of the he he made you know definite what we had been Pope explaining for. Finally. And then now comes like a five-year-old video of something that something else pops up. They yeah. just forget that and they go to something else. I'm kind of a Pope explainer too. So that, that's where I'm at. I just want to be the most obedient. Uh, yeah. yeah dude, we always say that yeah. that's such an honorable position to take as a Catholic. Hmm. It's, it's just like, that should be all of our mode is just you, you defend the Pope as a Catholic, you know, like, so we won't ever I, I i've stopped defending some of the crazier things and we'll we'll nitpick at some of the, it's like come on this stuff is rough but i'll yeah. never judge someone who is trying to just be a good catholic and be obedient to the sure. i mean that's 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 the that's the proper position to take as a catholic and likewise i can't i can't judge people for having holding them to a higher standard they are familiar with uh the the papal succession they know the popes that came before they know what things don't pass the smell check what don't but for for me personally is you know um uh yeah i, I can't be in a rush to to look at that so much I, i've just yeah. got so much to learn and so grateful to be a part of it i, I really do feel and i talked to milo Yiannopoulos about that i was like hey i'm a confirmed catholic and i i don't feel like i deserve it i don't deserve to be associated with any of these great men throughout history and uh, the church as it is now and the great people that sit next to me and kneel next to me in the pews beside me. 
And he's like, yeah, that doesn't go away. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like part of that doesn't go away. It's like, yeah, you have that forever. Yeah. And I, I love that about it because it, it's, it's never, it's never resolved where you're like comfortable. Like I'm good and I could just coast through my, my faith anymore. And, um, yeah, so. dude, you're talking about 2,000 years of history and so much has happened. There's always something new to learn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the greatest thing about being Catholic is that you could, there's little pathways and little off ramps that you can take and just do a deep dive into. And you'll never, you'll never be like, oh, I, I know that. It's not like you just studied the catechism, you know everything. There's so much to it that you yeah. can never, never stop learning about it. Right. So, I mean, growing up, Knowing that, you know, I mean, the, the Catholic Church will be represented in movies as Christianity because it is it has the most decorum. It has the most like iconic and relatable imagery. Yeah. Um, so you'll never see a Protestant exorcist movie. Exactly. Like yeah. that. That's a perfect way. And even though they're attacked and misrepresented and smeared, they are the ones you know, both positively and negatively portrayed mostly through cinema and stuff. So I, I went through life as a Christian and asking myself, like, when do I get to receive or when do I go into the confession booth? And it's like, Oh honey, we don't have that. I remember hearing that when I was a kid and I'm like, well, why? Like I want those things. I was yeah. always attracted to that since, you know, I don't know. I, I thought that they were necessary things. I, I knew this. And what I didn't want was actually, it's funny how, Naturally, I, I had an inclination and a rejection of both the things that uh, Catholicism allows. Like um, uh, Milo, also, I was talking to him. He, so th there's a couple of people that, like, you know, were kind of pushing me towards Catholicism. Milo was one of them. Gavin was one of them. Nick Fuentes, passively by listening to him and, and talking about the faith. Uh, my wife was a big one, and uh, my friend Wit, who sent me my first rosary. Uh, Dan, of course, who invited me to this. Uh, to, to the Latin mass, which changed everything. I mean, cause yeah. there, there will be no funny business. There's no Eucharistic ministers. There's no female reading the, the, uh, you know, yeah. what, what did she read? I, yeah. You know, Even the, the, yeah. Mean, the Nova Soda, you'll get a woman lector reading like the, the, the first reading and you know, the, yeah. the, the, wow. The letters. It, I mean, it's, yeah, it's easily 85% of the time. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. So, it was it was just kind of like uh, modernist proof, and you know that really sailed me into it. But I, I, you know, all of these people have said at least one thing that kept ringing in my head. And uh, with Wit, the one who sent me this rosary, he's like, you know, you can come home anytime you want. It's the church that Christ founded, and it was so impossible to get over that. And yeah. I wanted to be, and I knew at a at some point it was a matter of laziness, where I was like, I don't want to have to like do all the things and. I wasn't ready to dedicate myself and it was, it was purely that. And I was afraid and I knew that unlike any other church, you know, I'm, I might be, there might be some other churches that have a bar of entry, but Catholicism truly does have a bar of entry. It says you need to know your faith. You need to be confirmed. You need to, there's a process. We want to know that, you know, what you're getting into, you know, your faith, you know, what to how to defend it, how to live it. Cause it is a living faith. You have to walk it and uh, participate in it. The so I think, the only thing comparable would be orthodoxy, you know, and it's it's why there's a different conversation between Catholics and Protestants than there is between Catholic and Orthodox. Like, I, it's such a deeper faith for the Orthodox than it is the, the Protestants. The Protestants have such a shallow 
theology. It's like just a very surface level where I actually can pick some things up from the Orthodox that fit in very well with being a Catholic. So I, you know, things like that. I remember being essentially Protestant, non-denominational without a church. There are plenty of these people that I know. I was talking to a couple of them last night in my music group that are, they don't go to church or they're shopping around be like, yeah, I tried this kind of church. We're going to have to keep looking around. And that's so sad to be, it's so sad to have that. You know, um, and it's like, I remember feeling very like attacked by, by Catholics when I was a Protestant, because it's almost like we're saying you don't know Jesus and you don't have a relationship with God. That's not true. They do have yeah. a piece of truth. They are in proximity to, to the truth. It's just, there's so much more. You know, yeah. you're missing on the proper way of worship. You're missing on walking, you know, living out the faith. And, you know, this whole, this whole, um, you know, the faith alone thing is, is wild because sometime during the conversation last night, it was like, well, what's, what's so bad about the trans church with the trans flag? Aren't they saved by their faith alone? What's the problem? He's like, yeah, but it's like, that's a sin. And I was like, but you sin. So what's the difference? Is there saying a super sin? Are, are you going to yeah. go to heaven and they go to Oh, heaven? you brought it up. Okay. That's actually yeah. a really great, great. Right. Sometimes I'll say to Protestants, I'll say, what must I do to be saved? And they'll say, put your, you know, believe in, in, in the Lord Jesus and, and trust in it. And I'm like, all right, I did that. And I say, no, you're Catholic. You can't be saved. It's like, but wait a minute. <laughs> but you know why? It's because you have faith in, in traditions and you, uh, in the, in the sacraments, it's like, but hold on a second. So, if you have faith and and then you do things to worship, um, aren't you working? Aren't you doing things? So like now you're putting faith in working. It's it's just it's so sick. It's so circular. And it's very uh, circular. Yeah, yeah. I like I like to say I like to say like if they say you worship Mary, I say I don't worship Mary. I worship statues of Mary. What are you talking about? <laughs> I see you. Know, you really are a menace over there. <laughs> What's another one? Like oh, we're not allowed to read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, uh, Milo. So I got sidetracked again, but um, Milo was like, "Yeah, you shouldn't just be reading the Bible on your own. That's a very Protestant thing." And I'm like, and the the reason why is I don't have. I'm not going to be. I don't have proper knowledge to put exegesis on this i would rather yeah. trust people that know what this means and and instead of fortune cooking the bible or you know making christ a symbol of just a beautiful thing to really know what these things mean instead of like attaching onto scripture and applying it to your life like a fortune cookie or yeah. a tramp stamp or something it's or a bumper sticker I, so, I think catholics do need to be like they need to regularly be reading the gospels and when reading the epistles, when something seems tricky, you need to check it against the church. That's a, because you should be reading scripture. I understand what Milo was saying. Like you just like, I don't like the idea of just picking up the Bible, picking a verse for the day. Like that's not, right. but you absolutely should be familiar with, especially the new Testament. And then when you really start to see how typology works, the old Testament comes alive and you yeah. start to see these stories, how they're all prefiguring Christ. And it really is an awesome thing when you I, know how to read it. I love, that's my big thing now. So usually what I'll do is I'll explore, you know, um, I'll ex- explore a matter of faith or a matter of the gospels or, or some sort of, like you said, pointing to Christ in the Old Testament. And from that, I will go to that scripture and read that. I, I want a like a guided tour. Yeah. You know, what, what is there when I get there? And, yeah. and knowing the context of it really does matter. It, it super matters, you know, without context, pretext, 
um, it, it it warps the meaning of things. And I mean, scripture could be used against itself. Like, the, what is it? Paul's epistle to the is it the Corinthians? Where is it? Where is that the faith alone one? Where later on he it, it's to the Romans, right? The Romans, yeah. And then later on he says he it, it totally it's the obedience of faith. That's what it is. He says all these things work to the obedience of faith. He, like he he never says faith alone. He says you are saved by faith through grace, and that's that's in Ephesians. But Romans, the whole the whole idea of Romans, if you actually pay attention to what he's saying, he's talking about the obedience of faith. So like Protestants mess up what their understandings of works are. When Paul's talking about works, he's talking about works of the old law. He's talking about the ancient, like the the Jewish works of the law. He's not talking about works of love, works of charity ever, you know? So there's, there's a way in which you could be a Pharisee as a Catholic. If you're just going through the sacraments as, as like a mechanism without actually engaging in your faith whatsoever. And it's just like, well, I go to church. I'm good. Like that, that could be a form of of Phariseeism. Or it's like Pelagianism. Right. Hmm. Yeah. going through the motions and not not feeling anything doing anything like you know the difference between like saying like you know i i love you or like i love you yeah. you know yeah. like <laughs> it's really empty of which is how us japanese people do it but we need <laughs> i love you Dom. <laughs> pokemon rules i don't know so man. you you get married before your conversion though huh yeah so my wife she paid a played a major role in that in in you know actually uh probably the most direct way because we wanted to go to church with each other and when there's a relationship of a non-denominational churchless protestant and a catholic you go to the catholic church because it's a sin for her not to yeah so, i mean yeah. Like, the importance is is there and uh you know I'm, I'm through her i'm learning so much she's retained so much you know from her upbringing that uh she was able to impart on me and then um you know, at at some level, you know, you get invited to to a traditional Latin mass. You, uh, you know, your your wife says we're going to this church or whatever. But at some point, it became autonomous, where it's like I'm attracted to all of these things. I want to, on my own, just wander and 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 uh, learn the faith, and and I'm interested in this and that. And so, uh, it very quickly, I was like, uh, I, you know, I. I just dove into it myself. It didn't take very long at all. It had a fullness to it that is, you know, immediately visible with the intricacy and the the ornateness of the church. And there's just nothing, you know, if you look at St. Pat's Cathedral, it's like, that's what I compare Catholicism to. It's every square inch is uh, intentional and nothing is left bare. There's just, uh, I mean, just books upon books about, uh, from the church fathers and writings. And, and th- these are people in love and passionately trying to explain and make this, you know, just make this a, a compendium. Like everybody has this compulsion to when you have it, you want to share it. And that's, that's all I'm doing. And I get, I'm trying to be as charitable as possible to my Protestant bros and sisters out there. Well, at times I fail at that, but really it's like, you know, when you, you and your wife have a movie or a show, yeah, when you start watching it without her. You're like, oh, that's like I, need, I, I need her here, like because yeah, I, I feel cheating. bad. <laughs> it's like I'm not enjoying this unless there's somebody with me to enjoy this. <laughs> with. If you are watching a show with your wife and you watch an episode without her, she yeah. like that's like committing adultery, dude. It's like, it's like 
just sitting there and knowing what's going to happen and then just waiting and then something happens you're like oh my goodness yeah faking faking surprise with your spouse did you see that she's like i know you watched it without me (laughs) dude the uh the the difference in protestantism and catholicism is the difference in saint pat's cathedral and uh a, a mega church in the round or something you know like there really is this there's there's something about those cathedrals that when they built them i mean the, some of those medieval uh european cathedrals took centuries like some of them took like 600 years to build i mean for you to have that much like forethought like okay we're we won't enjoy this our grandkids won't enjoy this our great 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 like you're thinking in centuries at that point there's something above that you're aiming towards that modern man just cannot even grasp i mean we if if we don't have our instant gratification we won't even bother anymore right and it, just to see past like the the story has not been told when you die yeah you know and and that really is i don't know if it's uniquely catholic i'm sure there are other christians that feel that way too but i mean the dedication like i, I don't know how any atheist could look at the fruits of the church and say that there's nothing there, that this is an empty, it's just, it's just, it's just such a piss poor, you know, like <laughs> assumption that just like, well, there's just some imaginary dude up there. Like the, honestly talking to Protestants is probably, it's harder to bring them in close into the family and bring like, come on, come home, yeah. come yeah. to Catholicism, dude. You're going to love it. We're going to be family. You, you can compare it to like, it was compared to music yesterday. It's like, but the point is that it's harder to talk to Protestants about this and atheists sometimes I find, but cause I think everybody's looking for a truth now that the <laughs> world is so malleable. But uh, last night in the thing, they compared it to like, well, why do we have to be Catholic? Like, why can't, is that's like cat. That's like classical music. Why do we all have to play classical music? What if I want to play rock and roll? And I'm like, okay, what you're saying, I get the analogy, but this is really the analogy. How about you gut all of the music theory of classical music? You throw away notes, you throw away scales and now we're supposed to play music together. It's it, yeah. you know you need to know a power chord before we start jamming together. So that's it's also one. it's also like you were saying with the family aspect, right? Like, is God a polygamist? Does God have multiple families? No, God has one bride, one family. Like Christ has one bride. He's not a polygamist. He doesn't have multiple brides. And there's the the whole idea of coming around the Father's table, which I know that's very Novus Ordo-y. But coming around the father's table for the sacrifice, we're baptized in the, in his name. So, like, how do you know your children are are like? How do my children know we're a family? They come around my table every every night. They have my name. There's things about a family that are very significant that you can't just have. You know, you you the Protestants are basically like that uncle that doesn't talk to the family anymore. They're just off doing their own thing and they don't associate with the rest of us. It's like, no, the, the familial aspect of being a Christian is probably one of the most important aspects of it. Yeah. It's, you know, like even with friendship, um, friendship is a thing you have to practice and, uh, enact, you know, it's not just like, you're my friend, bam, you know, you're coming to Easter with me and we're, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to eat dinner. (laughs) <laughs> you have to have me on your podcast. That was that was a jab at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm insistent upon things. I had to just force you in over here. I'm trying. I was trying to think. Like, is there like was there an aha moment for you? Yeah, it was. It was a series of tumbling down the stairs of the aha, or tumbling up the stairs, truly. But 
Yeah, it's just one thing after another. Once you um, like the first time I prayed the rosary, I was like, we got to pray this faster. Let's go. Like I was really yeah. blasting through it really quick. And then I was like, it was it was maybe two after that where you realize that this is about Christ. You know, it really is. This is um, yes, you are. There are Hail Marys on the way there. But even in there, you're referencing Christ and, you know, beholding his mother. And it's it's, it's beautiful. And then once you see the beauty of that, you're like, well, every, all these decades, this is the life of Christ through these mysteries, through the decades yeah, and, the, yeah. and the, the different mysteries and the different days. And you're like, wow. I mean, one, it's a lot to learn, but two, it's like, I want to learn it all. Like, I want to understand, you know, what about those luminous mysteries? Should we do them? Should we not? I don't do them, but I don't know what the deal with that is. <laughs> You're a trap. You want to know something? It's, it's, I always love talking to, because like, this has been like in the past, two or three years for you right it hasn't been that yeah. much longer right? it's like the, yeah. the past, hearing a new convert is uh it's exciting especially for guys who have like it get, it, don't ever let the faith become humdrum you know like the, that's right. why i love hearing conversion stories because you're so excited about some of these things that it's like if if you're catholic for a long time it's like okay yeah you already you already learned that oh but there's something deeper to be found in that thing that you think you already learned. So to hear you talk with excitement about even praying the rosary, it's like, it's making me want to pick up my rosary, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I, and you know that I tried to do it also like a, the different way, like the way the Dominican friars do it. Cause uh, Gregory Pine talking to Matt Fred about, you know, adding more to it could sometimes yeah. hold you back from doing it every night, you know, which is the goal. And um, yeah, I just love, and you know, sometimes I would not, this is a weird habit of mine. I would never pray for myself or my family out of like guilt. At, like that would be too selfish, but you know, that gets cleared up pretty quick when you know that, you know, God wants you to rely on him. He wants you to, yeah. to need him and he wants you to surrender these things. So I started doing that. And now the intentions before the rosary have gotten so long, you know, like almost longer than the rosary itself. And then you're just talking to God. And this, this sort of guidance is what I needed. But I, before I would only talk to Christ when I ultimately needed to, because a, I know he watches me, sees me, knows my heart and my thoughts. So we're good. Mm -hmm. Basically me living my life as a prayer. And no, it's not. You've set aside no time <laughs> to mm -hmm. worship. It's just like a one way, gimme, gimme, gimme thing. But you know, in, in a way I, I wouldn't have done it any other way because it feels like there was a growth to needed to get to this point where I am and to love everything that I'm learning about it. What, nothing, what, you know, what was your wife's reaction to the first traditional mass you guys went to? I don't remember. I, I think most, I, I, and you know, it, it's like people kind of dissolve when you're there and you're just, you know, like in the moment, you know, it was confusing at first, but, uh, and it was different. I, I remember the the Kyrie Eleison, it was like, what is the thing that they keep saying at the end there? And and it's like I'm, I was like the way my daughter is now, where she'll just go, <laughs> she says song, she thinks it's song because like it's a song, yeah. <laughs> dude. So all right, so you your kids are so little right now, so it gets so exciting to, especially as your kids hit like five or six and you're saying prayers with them at bedtime, they will drag prayers on forever because they don't want to go to bed. 
Right. So they'll okay. just like like the, you'll tell your kids, all right, we're just gonna do the our father him. They say, no, let's do the rosary. Like your kids will want wow. to do the rosary because they just anything but sleep, you know. So mm-hmm. they'll and and the little things that you teach your kids are it's just I remember I remember like my my kids just being so excited that I was coming in to pray the rosary with them, you know. And man, that choir at our church is so amazing. So hearing that as a little kid, I couldn't even imagine like that being my experience of church as a little kid. Yeah. I mean, and those, you know, those hymns that they, they'll sing at the, the Novus Ordo that we were going to before we found uh, the traditional Latin mass was there. Some of them were earbugs, but I, I don't know if it was you who said it. I think it might've been, it's like, if they are, no, it was you that said it. You're like, you'll find yourself doing the dishes and you're like, uh, you know, just singing, uh, you know, for me, it's Pater Noster, the Pater yeah. the whole thing, like a couple times a day, just I, in my, I, in my stairwell, it, it's like reverbed out. It sounds monetary. <laughs> like, Pater Noster, I wake my kids up with the Asperger's me on Sunday. Oh, I think it throughout the house, but yeah, like I'll sing the Kyrie while you're just sitting at the at the, at the kitchen doing something. You know, it's just those yeah. songs just really do just get stuck because they're beautiful. But I'll tell you, man, the, even the Nova Sordo songs they'll get stuck in your head too. Yeah, and I think there is a distinction. One is like it's an earworm, and the other is because it's just kind of a part of you, like the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Or yeah, something. That be a breathing sort of prayer right mm-hmm. um and i there's plenty of times to say it and it cuts off any any thought that you could any any like thought path that you could possibly follow that would be, now be a sinful thought before you even get there you can just say that and be like god's watching me and i'm not going to think about yeah, x pr- practicing the presence of god is like it's such an important thing right like really actually practicing god's presence with you so that you I mean, dude, so especially early on in your conversion. Well, the thing is, in your early conversion, a lot of times God will remove temptation from you because you have that on fire experience. But then as time goes on, you have to really train yourself not to fall back into old habits and things like that. Like the faith can get trickier as you as you go along, because it does kind of get mundane at times. Dude, this show has been so good for us to get rid of the, you know, the, the mundaneness. Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but going through the motions of it or, or yeah. taking it and just being like, well, it's a part of my life. And it's like, you know, it allows for slippage when you're like, it's like when you have a job for too long, you're just like, I could take a nap on the desk. I don't do that by the way. <laughs> well, I was saying, I was telling somebody like, sometimes I do things and I don't know why I'm doing them. And the, the moon landing is one of those things, right? Oh, so it starts off as a troll. <laughs> no, but it starts off as a troll, right? And I'm just like, because I don't know about the moon landing. Like, who cares? Right. But uh, what I started is this, seeing, is this Are you about to claim that this is, like, divinely inspired? No, 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 no. I, I'm saying sometimes I don't know why I do things, and then they kind of just piece together for me through conversations yeah. I'm having with people. I didn't know why I was playing around with the moon landing thing. I just thought it was funny to watch guys like Trent Horn get their – underwear in a, in a wedgie you know it's like eric salmon's getting mad at me over me saying the moon landing is nonsense but what i realized is it's connected to evolution because an evolutionist has a very materialist mindset and the moon landing is very much connected to that because you're seeing the stars as just burning balls of gas they're in galaxies far far away right where when you read scripture and you read Genesis, 
And God says to Abraham or Abram at the time, he says, your descendants will be as the stars. Now, when we hear that, we're thinking just numbers, like, oh, as many as the star, like as count, looks, the looks a numerical value. But that's not what he's just saying. He is saying that, but he's talking about your descendants will be as the stars. Now, to a person in the ancient world, the stars meant something. The stars yeah. were principalities, right? Yeah. So they weren't just these burning gas balls. Like you, you look at every ancient, um, like pagan religion and they have these structures that are figured out according to the patterns of the stars, right? Like yeah. every single one of them, the, 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 the pyramids are like that where they're lined up with whatever constellation and things like that. So yeah. when God says to Abram, your descendants will be as the stars, it's more like your descendants will be principalities upon the earth, right? Yeah. So when you have the moon landing and you're saying, oh, the moon landing is real, what you're really saying is the, the meaning of the moon is gone. The moon yeah. is significant because Our Lady in Revelation 12 is clothed with the sun, with the stars and the moon and all, all that imagery you're getting because that means something like this. The moon is a reflection of the sun. It's a, it's, it's a symbol of the church. It's so much going on there that when you think in terms of evolution, of course you believe we landed on the moon without a second thought. Yeah. Like all of this comes together. It's not just so simple as Anthony's being a troll. I know it seems like I'm doing that sometimes, but oh man, I, I just see the evolution mindset as just destroying people's ability to see the meaning behind God's creation. Well, it's the faith of science is, is basically what it yep. is. You know, it's so it's and it's so funny where people don't realize that they're appealing to uh, whatever the term is. They're appealing to higher knowledge or whatever, that they have a faith in the guy with the lab coat or whatever. This is billion, McGillion, yeah. five, five, billion, million miles away. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it may as well say a bajillion years ago. You just say bajillion, Tyson. <laughs> but it's funny because they never they're like, OK, we don't know. Uh, this percentage and we don't know what exactly caused it and they never leave room for god which is dishonest it's like you don't leave room for a creator and it's like you are just an ingrate you disgust me well dude, I, they throw all, I throw all all knowledge of like time space dinosaurs all that mm -hmm. crap i just throw it away i'm like i'm starting from scratch just like with the catholic church how demonized it is and propagandized against it uh, or the propaganda against it, you have to unlearn so much to get to to the truth. I want to leave all, you know, empty out the whole apartment full of lawn chairs and IKEA mm -hmm. furniture and like mm -hmm. fill it with antiquity and beauty and you know just. It's so hard to unlearn certain things, man. It really is too. But even like what you're saying, like they get on, think about during COVID when they would interview a scientist or a doctor, they'd wear their lab coat. Like those are vestments. Because right. they're the new priest class. Like that, yeah. people don't realize the subliminal things that are going on. They're giving you the new, the the, the new uh, hierarchy of the new religion in their lab coats, telling you this is what you need to yeah. do to be saved. Like that's not what you need to do to be saved. Right. You it, know, it, and it really is that partake in this sacrament of vaccine. Of I don't know if we could even yeah. say the word um, jab. The jab, yeah. and then you have you know Lord Fauci. Oh, we honor Lord Fauci. They even had hymns for it. That guy with the sign, Mister Fauci, give me the jab. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like cool. dude, they, and and people don't see that it's liturgical. Like all the things they're doing are liturgical, right? Like human beings are liturgical creatures, man. Like God made us for liturgy, so yeah. you're not. 
if they're not in a proper liturgy, they're going to make their own liturgy. And I mean, you go to a baseball game and you see like a guy will make sure he's wearing the right socks for good luck and things like that. Like that's all liturgical stuff and religious stuff that people are doing. They just don't realize it. And that's what it's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, and I like how I have a bow tie and I, my hair's back for the, the thumbnail that looks like I'm about to teach anybody anything. Like that's <laughs> so not the, case, the most misleading thumbnail ever. I loved it, by the way, Rob. But <laughs> when I saw that picture on Twitter, I'm like, I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Asian Willy Wonka. Somebody said, <laughs> somebody said Dr. Who H-U. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> so good. But um, yeah, um, like. I'm not teaching anybody anything by, uh, but, and in fact, I forgot the point. So, (laughs) well, somebody, somebody said avoiding Babylon is a sick name. The problem with our name is that so many people think we're not Catholic because Protestants warp that term so much. They call the Catholic church, the horror of Babylon and things like that. So we've found a lot of people will be like, dude, I never watched your show because we thought you were Protestant talking against the Catholic church. You know, I thought you were Jamaican. Welcome to avoid them, Babylon. I was like, oh, uh, the dudes are cool. <laughs> the uh, dude, the first year we did this show was a weird journey, man. So, uh, like, we started off jumping into these ancient faiths and like these ancient religions, and I started seeing like a new religion coming up. It was like you see the rainbow flag, and you see like some of these old. Uh, the way they worshipped in these ancient cults had a lot to do with um, like uh, orgiistic stuff, and the priests would castrate themselves and wear women's clothing, things like that. So I'm seeing all this stuff pop up, and we're learning by having these conversations with different people. So it culminated in a talk I gave in June at a conference, and after that conference, it was almost like a stand-up working out a set. Right. So for a year, we're learning all these different things. And then I go and I deliver my set in June at a, at a conference. And I remember after that conference, I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to talk about now? Like, I kind of like put it all together and I put it into a a, a, a good hour, you know, and, it, and I and I delivered it. So I was really worried about the next year. And then this last year has been this whole evolution thing and just coming across this whole creation is such a more solid position than evolution. And it's not just that the science is shoddy. It's that the story sucks. And the science is shoddy too. And the science is shoddy, but it's every single civilization needs a creation myth. Hmm. And when you like, I tried watching this ancient earth uh, series on Amazon prime and I, I used to be able to watch something like that. And I'd be like, oh, this is cool. You know, and I watch it. I tried putting it on the other day. And in episode one, I'm screaming at my TV. I'm like, this (laughs) is such nonsense. How do you know this? You're making this up. It's so retarded. I refuse. Like, I won't even. There's so much that I would like to. And out of curiosity, I would like to see. And that's that was one of them. Like Graham Hancock's like, uh, it was Graham Hancock, right? Yeah, I thought it was on Netflix. It could be on Amazon Pro, whatever. It but was, yeah. I refuse to to watch it and entertain it because you are being propagandized. Here's here's why you here's what I got from that documentary. So ancient <laughs> Rob's gonna get annoyed. <laughs> so okay, so ancient apocalypse. What I got from it is a it's secular, funny you even call it a do- documentary. It's really not, it's it's complete. 
A fan nonsense. fiction. It's yeah. fan fiction, right? So, but what I got from it was a secular guy going and checking these different things around the world and trying to challenge the paradigm, the status yeah. quo, right? And they start calling him a racist. Yeah. And they start calling him all these names. And it's like, this guy's trying to present evidence that shows your storyline doesn't add up. And your immediate attack is not to counter his evidence and say, this is why you're wrong. It's to right. call him a racist and a bigot and all these different things. And I'm saying, okay, we have no idea what the world was like pre-flood. We mm -hmm. just don't. We don't know what technology existed. The giants, the Nephilim could have helped build these giant structures. And we just don't even know. Every one of these cultures had a giant myth. Every right. one of them had a flood narrative. Every one of them had all these things. So when Graham Hancock comes in and he starts saying like, yeah, the timing doesn't add up to what you guys are saying. Human flourishing begins and goes about. They just attack him full out. So I'm saying if, if he gets attacked, there's something there. Right. Oh, so he, yeah. Even if he's not <clears throat> leading towards the path of creationism, um, he is challenging their narrative. That's it, and that's right. all I took from it. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like I learned something from him. I yeah. I saw watching how they treated him by challenging their narrative made me go, "What do you, dude?" There's clearly it's the same thing with when you watched during the pandemic, if anybody tried to push back on some of that information, you saw the same attack happen, right? Mm -hmm. So that same thing happens with climate change. If you try to challenge the climate change narrative, they will attack you in the same way. Yeah. The same thing goes with evolution. You'll get the same attacking. So this isn't about science. This is about a narrative that they want to exist. And if you challenge that narrative, you will be attacked and called a racist or a complete moron or an idiot, right. things like that. And they try to just discredit you. This is a, it's a great opportunity to be, uh, you know, uh, a fool for Christ because you will be ridiculed for saying, I don't, uh, this dinosaur thing doesn't smell right. Maybe dragons, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, I, I will be laughed at. I don't care. I don't well, care. Well, Ryan, I, think about this. So like, all right. So yeah. every single culture had dragons. Okay. Yeah. Now you look at, um, in China, in China. I, I forget if it's like Indonesia or whatever cultures completely tell me about so, Asia. About <laughs> so well, China, the Chinese dragon looks like a serpent, right? It's it's that Rob, pull up a Chinese dragon. And then there's another one that's like on the <laughs> other side of the world. What did I miss? I'm talking to <laughs> pull up a Chinese dragon. You <laughs> just tell me both the Chinese dragon. Everyone up, knows what I'm, they look like. No, I know, but there's, there's, pictures of dragons identical to that from other cultures that are nowhere near china is my point right and the stegosaurus thing or the brontosaurus and the in hieroglyphs in the caves right? right so but there was a time when you started seeing modern scientists depicting dinosaurs with feathers and stuff right yeah. like do you remember like there was this weird um all right, so so that's not the one i'm looking for i'm looking for I the know, one that that's actually why I chose it <laughs> <You jerk. laughs> <It's for you. laughs> So uh now I'm not doing my Chinese action. I told a story about going to um confession to a Chinese priest. Oh wow. And and it was I you could barely understand the guy, so I was trying to portray to everybody. No way, what's up, Nick? I was trying to portray to everybody how Nick, if you rewind five minutes, I gave my my bringing it full circle thing about the moon landing. Um, because I told him I was gonna do that. Um so yeah, the Chinese priest, but he gave me a penance that changed my life. He told me to set my alarm every day for 3 p.m. and say either a decade of the rosary or um, the, the Divine Mercy the Divine Mercy chaplet. Wow. And 
it, this was years ago and that's what got porn out of my life like wow by awesome. setting that reminder every day at 3 p.m it was the hour mm -hmm. of mercy and i just prayed it every day and that's literally how my life my my whole spiritual life just changed from that day but yeah um, that's a huge so, one yeah so the dragon thing the the dinosaurs they started depicting with feathers look like dragons. I mean, these, these are dragons. I mean, I, you know, you know, what's crazy is like the, the conventional uh, dinosaur was like scales, green, angry. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then they added feathers to it. I remember as I was a youngster, younger than I was now and hating that I'm like, you can't just give them feathers. Like I, I hated <laughs> my Jurassic uh, world with Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Well, that's what um, it is. We're all affected by the Steven Spielberg version of dinosaurs, right? So somebody was saying to me something about dinosaurs being lizards, and I'm like, but why do you think they're lizards? All we have is bones. We don't know we don't know what genus these things come from. We don't know anything. You can tell so little by bones. You don't and know what the word genus means, do you? Species, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to don't make me sound less smart than I want to sound, Rob. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm a high school dropout. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not letting anyone down. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So now, all right. So it was a couple of years ago. You've been you've been at this for a couple of years. How has your experience been under? Because it is a challenging time with, like you were saying, with the Pope's planning and stuff. Right? It's a difficult papacy. Like, do you remember? um benedict's papacy at all or he probably I wasn't do. even oh you do i, I remember uh jp2 i remember when i was a kid uh i had a medal like that's the thing like we were always they my family did fall away from catholicism in in the you know going to church and all that, but we always had mary was always a thing mm -hmm. and and uh the the my great-grandmother always gave me like some sort of religious thing from you know when she went to rome with uh, my great-grandfather and uh you know john paul ii uh medallion thing and some miraculous medals and like i have these witchcraft things. yeah <laughs> it's all witch catholic witchcraft <laughs> talismans and uh sorcery <laughs> staffs bows and uh but think about how how now as a catholic understanding understanding the incarnational faith and sacramentals like how meaningful are those things oh, you know yeah. it's it just brings so much me it, like Catholics love their sacramentals because we have a very incarnational faith. And when you have a sacramental worldview and you see the world through, you know, through the incarnation, like these things are tangible and they should yeah. increase your faith. When you feel the scapular on your, on your back and you're, and you're, you're trying to balance it out. It's just a constant <laughs> reminder, you know, that like, uh, it's, yeah, it's you're doing it wrong. If the, if the front comes all the way down on you, yeah, I was doing that for a while. And then my wife's like, oh, honey. And she like tied a knot for it. That was great. Um, but yeah, so I remember um, Pope John Paul II. I remember Benedict. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's, this is crazy. I remember thinking, oh, he's German. That's like a Nazi guy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like that the whole, like now the demonization of Germany. Meanwhile, Japan did some horrific stuff as oh. I recall. <laughs> reason, they're just completely forgiven, but like there's still the stigma around Germany and they're still self-flagellating. I'm terrible. I'm so sorry. They're just yeah, like, meanwhile, Japan, like they, if you ever become Pope, it's going to be like, Oh, there's that Tojo guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tojo and Earl. Great game. <laughs> great video game. We saw them walking around, right? They're floating in space. <laughs> <laughs> Not a video game. guy. <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, you you do see just as a Catholic, you you just have to be prepared to be the mockery of the world. You know, yeah. like oh, they're going, absolutely. they're going to call your pope a Nazi. They're going. This is the first time we're ever in a a time where the pope isn't under assault from the media. It's a strange thing. So, oh, uh, yeah. when Benedict That's became cool. pope, they really ran with the Hitler Youth thing. Yeah, they did definitely. Wow. You know, and I was I was young. I mean, when when was that? Ninety four, ninety six, or was that way later? Ninety eight. When was it? Two thousand five is when he was. When he oh was yeah. When he, so yeah, I was. When, I wasn't even that young then. Oh wow. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, a yeah, high schooler. So I mean, but just attributing German Nazi that was so immature because he's one of the most. I, I watch him um, doing the mass and and singing the Pater Noster, and it's like the most beautiful thing because it's so meek. You know, his voice is giving out, and. Yeah. Uh, Oh man, I love it. It's it's just like so. I just that's my favorite one. Like John John the way uh, Pope John Paul II um, did it was very like a, like a crooner. Like he really put his diaphragm to it. like very robust. Yeah. And there's something just so beautiful about you know um, uh, Benedict the Sixteenth was so good. I, just I, I just, every and, now and and meek his yeah. his, uh, his jesus of nazareth series uh he does one on he wrote one on holy week mm-hmm. and if anybody ever if, if, if you guys haven't read that particular uh uh like uh, the, not the whole series just the holy week uh what would you call it just th- that book you know that book was so good it like had so many deep insights into what's going on in holy week i really love that book that's awesome. I'm going to start getting into more like divine intimacy. I really want to get, um, it's like 80. That's bucks. a great one. Is it great? Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Cause it's I'm life changing. I've been, I've been it a, really is really attracted to the divine office and the fact that like, I know that we have lost a lot to get here and it's kind of been put on easy mode in a lot of ways, which is very inviting to, to people coming to the church for the first time. But <clears throat> for me, you know, I, I'd like to fill, fill up just to the, to the brim. So the divine office is very, that that's tough. Like it requires a lot of dedication, a lot of setting time aside, but I'll do the Vespers. I'll do the Vespers after my rosary. Um, and that's a way to get that in there. But the divine intimacy is like, that's a daily meditation on thing in, in mirroring the, the liturgical year, according to the 1962 missile and everything. So, yeah. right. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, divine, really- divine intimacy is one of those, but like Rob was, Rob, is that no? You did Jesus crucified during Lent last year. School of Jesus crucified. School of Jesus crucified. Yeah, divine intimacy though is just like you get so much packed into these little nuggets that it it really is transformative. I'm gonna bring some books to mass, dude. When are you gonna get Gavin to come to mass? He actually he invited himself. He did an Anthony invitation where he's like, "I'm coming," (laughs) (laughs) but he it turns out uh, he had some sports to do on Sunday. it's so, and he thinks that's rather cruel too for the kids. He's like, I don't, which I don't get. He's like, why make them do that? On but he wanted, he wants to come, you know, and um, maybe there's a day that, that that'll work out. But um, he's down. Yeah, for you it. gotta, you gotta make sure I know so I actually go to that church that day because I wanna, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna drag you both out to eat afterward. But if he brings his son, I'll bring my son. They'll, you know, let his son meet somebody his own age. I think, uh, yeah. I think his, how old's his oldest? You know. I don't think it would be his oldest going. I think it would be his his youngest. Um, I don't know his age, but he's like not a toddler. He's not, no, he's like yeah. he's like ten or ten or eleven middle now. Schoolish I think. or something. Yeah, yeah, I think middle schoolish. 
Yeah, it's or elementary school, maybe. I don't know. I have like the was, worst memory in the world, which is honestly <laughs> terrible. It was funny listening to him because he like he has a father's heart, Gavin. You know, like he's always like talking about little things he did. But even back when he was when even back when um the Proud Boys started, like people don't realize what he was doing there. Like he was telling men to stop looking at pornography. Yeah, like guys, stop looking at pornography. Like he made it fun. It was like a challenge. Like guys, just you know, put put down the pornography. Like you could tell he was he was very like influenced by his Catholicism, but didn't want like he was trying to make it so that guys would actually open their eyes to some deeper side. I mean, he told the story of like him like coming to believe in God is when like he just looked at his kid's foot when he when it was when his child was born. You know, he just went, oh, this is too perfect. There has to be a God. Right, right. No, it really, it really is like that. You'll see just the the beauty and, and the form and the the marvels of creation, and be like, this is not just attributed to uh, just some uh, celestial blast that just happened to all fall in order. It's just so silly. That that is the that is the most giant leap of faith ever, and it's a really solipsistic, self self involved sort of idea that well. We're the coolest thing in the world, besides aliens, of course. It's like the yeah, aliens thing. <laughs> the aliens thing. All the breaks in the world. Every everybody kept uh, kept saying to me. Uh, oh, so one person said to me, they went. Uh, they said I used to listen to Gavin, and I would listen to Ryan, but I don't like his take on the uh, on the people of the old covenant. So now mm-hmm. I don't know if this is Ben under Grace's youtube channel or if it's actually grace i'm not sure which one of them it is but what does the panel think of gavin's take on the israel palestine so we talked about that earlier in the episode um ryan does not ascribe to gavin's political views when it comes to the people of the old covenant at all it's true it's really crazy to see that like i mean there we couldn't be more opposed just theologically let's say if it was just um I don't, I don't I just like a totally justified opposition. We are at odds. And yet again, I mean, when, when Adam King says like, you know, Catholicism, we have a big issue with all the other Christians are fine. They're great. Actually. We love them. We love the rest of the great. It's like that, that's, that pops up a red flag. And then also like historically there there's, there's issues. And it's like to share, I, father Mosley did something with Kennedy hall too, which, Yet again, I, I listen to guys that are that are I know that they're very they're they're trad to the level where like you know they they're comfortable with their faith enough to criticize the Pope or whatever like that. But um I You can still get something from everybody. I I do. I, I definitely yeah. do. Like Taylor Marshall, like I, I'm wary of things like that. And I remember what Patrick Coffin DM'd me because we me and him uh, me and Gavin did an interview. I, I was yeah. Patrick there. actually, when I when he heard, so I when I, when I, when we had Patrick on like a couple of weeks ago, he, I to, I told him I was getting you on. He's like, "Oh, give Ryan a big hug for me." That's awesome. Yeah, I really like that guy. And it's so me and Gavin. Uh, I was just teching for it, but Gavin did an interview with Pat, so he remembers me from that. And he DM'd me and he was like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And I didn't respond to it at first because I thought he was a set of a cantist. So I yeah. was just like afraid to talk to him because <laughs> I was like, I know this guy's super smart. I'm not trying to, but he's not. 
um he he's got his own thing going on and it's like listen yeah, here's the thing he will ever like make me feel like dirt for being like hey i don't know about that like he's, Dude, he's really we, we all that. have to have empathy for each other's positions sure. right now it's just what yeah, it comes yeah. down to it's like it doesn't make us le- like i i really get frustrated with this like the whole thing is it's a confusing time like have empathy for every position i don't agree with patrick's uh, Benedict was Pope thing, but I still love Patrick and I still, I understand why he believes that. Like, I completely understand why he believes that. I also understand why somebody would be a Pope's planner. And I also understand, I understand all the positions. The, right. My line for me is set of contism. It's like, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you've made yourself above all authority and just made yourself. So the, the, the balance is. Plus they're insufferable. They are the most insufferable, annoying people on the planet. So the, the, balance, there, yeah. the balance is somewhere between gaslighting people and sedificantism. You have to, you know, you have to play inside the boundaries there. It's, I, it's like I, I very, I very intentionally go to a diocesan Latin mass. You know, it's yep. I, don't, I don't ever want to be separated from the communion of the church. Totally, yeah. My uh, buddy of mine, uh, Nick, when I first fell in love with the traditional Latin mass, my my friend Nick, um, who's in the band. A hallowed by the way that we're playing march 1st and march 2nd in california one show in torrance one show in berkeley uh respectively so march 1st we'll be out in california catholic rock band really awesome kind of like a post-punk uh they're doing the summer festival aren't they maybe oh yeah he, he did a catholic palooza i think it's in called jersey or? so they're doing that in jersey i'm going to the we'll, me and i think rob might come too we're going in jersey in no, june i think right or july yeah. like that yeah I can't wait. That's awesome. But Nick told me, he's like, yeah, if, you know, if it was just not, we're just not able to do Latin mass, then I'm going to Nova Sordo. And I was like, I respected that. And I was like, it would hurt so bad to do. But I mean, we go to, we go to regular, sometimes we can't take the trip. It's almost mm-hmm. an hour. And we, we go to Nova Sordos and sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they just flame out the incense. I don't know what they're doing over there. Like, <laughs> like well, let's put it this way. This, this past Sunday, this past Sunday, I, um, so last week, my daughter didn't receive, and I'm like, okay, we're all going to confession. So I get the whole family. We all go. So we get up, and the only the only place you go to confession on Sunday is uh, at a Nova Sordo parish. It's nine before the 9 a.m. mass. So, all right, so we go in. My whole family gets online for confession. It's from 8 to 9. I get there at 10 to 8. There's already a line. Wow. Okay? So we go. There's two lines. You know, right when you walk into the narthex, there's one goes to the right, one goes to the left. My family gets on the line to the left. We wait. It's like 840. Everyone in my family. like So my wife goes. My two daughters go. I'm next. And the priest walks out. He goes, I have to go get ready for mass. So now I have to go on the other line. Now, there's people who just walked in behind me. And they now cut me. And they're on the new line. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've been here since 10 to 8. You people just walked in. You don't have the courtesy to go, all right, dude, why don't you come around? No, they just did. So now I'm waiting and mass begins and I'm the next one to go to confession. And the priest in there goes, mass is beginning. I can't, I said, I grabbed him. I go, get back in there. You're hearing my confession. <laughs> that is the most Anthony thing I've ever heard. Dude, I go, I go, not only are you hearing my confession, you're hearing my son's confession. And there's four people behind us. Get back in there. He's like, but mass is starting. I'm like, I do yeah. not care. You're hearing our confession. And he goes back to the the last thing you confess is also I forced a priest to hear my confession. <laughs> all other sins that I, <laughs> I, I was very grateful to him for hearing my confession, but it's like, dude, you can't do that to people. I got there at 10 to seven. I was like one of the first people there. 
Was Tony you know, Buxton? This, this really the, the the homily that you know uh, that we had last week or the week before maybe it was about the vineyard where the worker that got there late got paid the same rate. This, yeah, this yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I yeah, love that. Too. And so that's another thing about you know the. Um, we're hearing so much scripture. We're getting a deep dive into it, just living out the liturgical year and uh, all the symbolisms of like the fact that we can't have the Gloria Excelsis or Chelsea's um, until Easter is like heartbreaking. It's, it's like you, you're supposed to desire Builds that anticipation for it. And I love that so much. And you just, sorry, you know, Christ is not here yet. Or that that's the symbolism is that it's coming from, from, from that darkness to light when, when he finally comes and it's just, it, it really does. It's not even like, like Lent that um it, it's it's the the kind of uh you know what else we we don't get the 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 music we don't get an organ right it's all a cappella up until then or there's we lose the asperges me right yeah do we oh we do yeah you lose the asperges me you lose a couple of things I we used to do Catholic Ash trivia Wednesday. at Ash Wednesday we lose it I don't I don't remember we so still we have it now. We, yeah, you'll still have it now. Yeah, yeah. So you'll like in penitential seasons, you lose, you lose the Gloria. You lose a. We used to do Catholic trivia. That's how the, the channel Alleluia. started. You lose that. Yeah, yeah. You lose the Alleluia. So we started off doing Catholic trivia, and I remember like learning, because I had a Catholic trivia game, and it was like, awesome. like I, I was learning things with the people on the show. It was a, it was a, eh, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> the people seem to like it. I never really liked it that much. It was the start of the channel, but it wasn't that great. <laughs> That's so funny. It, it, sounds it funny. gave a it gave a lot of inspiration for the channel. Let's put it that way. We don't. No, we do start. at some at some point we do Ash lose it. I don't remember when. Maybe I think Asperger's is forever. Personally, <laughs> no, we lose the Asperger's. I know it's a spectrum of Asperger's. Oh. <laughs> the Asperger's. <laughs> Um, so the one thing about confession that I, I, I really feel that, you know, and people get this wrong to be like, I'm not confessing my sins to a man. It's like, neither am I. Um, mm -hmm. it, he is a witness. I'm, I'm talking to Christ, but it is from the human promise that I made to my priest, or, you know, hearing my confession at the time that stopped me from dabbling. And like, you know, like when I go on a, uh, we went to, uh, a, we did a tour, like a censored TV tour. And when I was in other uh states i would go to their masses and go to their church and it really is like the heart of whatever city you're in like the the, the austin one it's like this is a place where people come that live here yeah. and there is nowhere else that you could get an idea for other than the mall i mean like where else yeah. could you get an idea for what is the beating heart of this area so i would go to church <clears throat> i went to the one in nashville that the uh that latin mass the one that i uh michael knows goes to that was beautiful. Oh, really? And that, and you know, what's interesting about that is that the church is actually in, it's being repaired right now because the steeple came down or something. So across the street, it's just like in a room on the second floor and they really made it a reverent room. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of an awkward room. There's, there's parts of the, of the layout that don't quite work, but they're making it work and it feels like reverent. They made it dark in there. There's everything that you would expect. You're kneeling just on the floor and I just embrace the pain. And you're just like, that. that's one of the weird things is like <clears throat> enjoying discomfort and embracing the pain and, and, or, or any sort of thing like that. And just not being afraid of that. But with the confession, going back to the confession thing, I would dabble and partake in, I would drink too much and I don't drink throughout my entire, uh, right. I, I no, I don't drink ever. But when we're in the, we're more like I'm away from home and I can't be a father. I'm literally out of town. 
I will drink and I'll probably drink too much. And then mm -hmm. if there's a substance there, I would do it. And it's only from promising to the priest, a human being, a man, that I will stop doing this that actually got me to stop because God knows he he's he's all knowing and all forgiving and and I know that he would understand that I'm having issues with that and it's almost like he has such a great mercy and forgiveness that it can be like well I'm not embarrassed of this but yeah. I am embarrassed to tell another man that I've said the same thing I broke this promise like I'm coming back with the same crap and so it is it's like that's another uh, you know a graceful thing but, about because a Protestant would say well I can confess my sins to Jesus but you don't know how wicked your sins are until you have to tell another person yeah. verbally out loud like right. there's something really hard yeah. about telling those more devious sins to another person oh, yeah. you know and because it, it, it you I, you hear it all the time well, why can't i just confess to you you can and you should regularly yes. but yeah. going and actually telling somebody what you did just it's right. almost like you don't know what you need to confess until you go and confess it sometimes you do that examination of conscience and right. you really have to dig into where have i fallen short here sure I mean, all, you know, all the sacraments, they have a real, like a real life, tangible, um, immediate feedback to them as well as, um, Aaron is Protestant. We don't <laughs> sin. <laughs> That's, funny. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, man, it's great. I mean, is she flirting with Catholicism? Obviously. Yeah, dude. I just show all the time. He's, he's definitely he's definitely got his feet in the water. That's for sure. I'm uh, so grumpy at Catholics should be like, "How dare you!" Like, I know <laughs> Jesus. All right, I'm doing all I can, and then, and it's like, and then when you finally are welcomed in, and you are like, it's a welcome home, and then the the chrism oil on your head feels like they are bathing your entire body in that oil, and the well, smell so you is got, actually you got, got the candle. When did you get confirmed? Uh, a year and change ago. I I forget. I'm bad with dates, but. Yeah, but I was attending church and just not receiving, just watching my wife just sitting oh, in the pew man. or kneeling in the pew. Well, and it's just I wanted that, like that desire for it was so real. You know, it's it was. Uh, so even you found, though you made your first communion because you joined RCIA, you had to hold, you had to hold off. No, that's the thing. I I never went through RCIA, so I don't oh, know. If okay. That's, I don't know if that's a thing. No, you didn't need to. I mean, if you went right. to all you, the only sacrament you didn't get was confirmation. Mm -hmm. Right. So, if the, like, if the priest just gave you confirmation, it's all you needed. RCIA is actually a dumpster fire, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. No, is it, it really is. My, my wife, my because my I, so when I married my wife, she was Lutheran, mm. and uh, like I got a dispensation from the bishop, and she had to agree to raise the kids Catholic, and like I wasn't even taking my faith seriously. I just knew I needed to get married in a Catholic church. It was a weird wow. thing. Wow. Um, and her parents were furious that we didn't get married in the Lutheran church. I was like, no, we'll get married. And I didn't even know why I was doing it. Wow. I did. And so then we had our conversion later on and my wife joined RCIA and I would, and this is like after I had my conversion and I'm on fire for, I'm, I'm where you are now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting in these RCIA classes and I'm fighting with the women running it. And I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. Like they would just teach the most awful things. And they, just I remember Timothy two twelve. And you're like, Timothy two twelve. Yeah, but I wasn't even that base yet, dude. <laughs> like yeah. now, now I would say that, but back then I would have never said I, I will suffer not a woman to teach the, uh, <laughs> or to drive. The, the, this is, I can tell you exactly <laughs> when she was in RCIA is 
right when Benedict made the changes to, it used to be when you go to mass, it'd be like, uh, the Lord be with you and also with you. And he changed it to, and with your spirit. So it was, must've been right around then because the women teaching the class were like, he shouldn't have changed that. There was no reason to change, like arguing about the changes Benedict right. made. And I remember fighting with the lady about the translations and why Benedict did it. And right. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I mean, cause here's the thing too. It's like that undeserving feeling is, is, like part of it never goes away, but I am in a rush to be like, I'm so grateful that I was confirmed after like all he asked for was the baptism certificate. And somehow I, I knew it was like something mercy, something I know it's in the Bronx. And so I had to find it and I looked through all the other different ones. And I was like, does this one ring a bell? Does that one ring a bell? And we found it. And maybe I, I corresponded with my, my parent, uh, my parents about it. My mom, um, my dad was too Japanese to stick around. Uh, he was just pretending to be Puerto Rican for the record when he left. Um, <laughs> he, he was like, country, what am I supposed to do, Puerto Ricans? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, you're doing this wrong. You're paying child support. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, sorry about it. Anyway, so I, my grandparents and my mom helped me figure out that I think that rings a bell. So we went there. They had the documentation. They had to print it out. They had to find it, go through the files. And my bir- and my uh, baptism certificate was there. And it was like a it was like a key. It was so it was so awesome. What what uh, what area in the Bronx was this? Co op city. Oh, okay. Yeah, love co op. My city. yard, my yard where I go to. So we have a yard in Queens and one in the Bronx. Our yard in the Bronx is the exit after Co op City. It's uh, Connor Street. Oh yeah, I know Connor Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where yeah, they, they like got a- the White Castle ain't far from there. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a dope Yeah, one. so it li- literally if you get off of Connor Street, my yard, mm-hmm. if you just make a left right there, my yard is the right next to the gas station as soon as you get off the exit there. What? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Dude, my, I'm in I know the Bronx. Yard, your home yard, like your my work, work yard. My oh, like okay. our yard where we keep our equipment. That's crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like I know the Bronx. The Bronx is like my second home, man. So the like like you went and bought stuff for, on Arthur Ave recently, you know, like yeah. you got you got um Our Lady of Mount Carmel right on 187th Street there. I used to go, my guys would be working and I would sneak in and go to mass while my guys were working if I was doing a job Ooh. over there. Our La- that might be the one, Our Lady Mount. I thought it was maybe Our Lady of Mercy or Infinite Mercy, something like that. Um yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, Mount Our Lady of Mount Carmel is on 187th Street up by Arthur Ave over there. So, oh, that's not it then. Yeah, yeah, it's a different one. But uh, yeah, you know what? The hard thing is, um, I'll, let me bounce this off of you because I've been, you know, it's if you get a kind of a churchless Protestant who's kind of interested in in, in the bold claims of the church and and sees that okay, a lot of this has been demystified, a lot of the uncharitable misrepresentations have been clarified. Uh, I'm I, I will go to a mass. Isn't there a part like a, and I'm not a, I'm like, not like a super rad trad. It's like, yeah, you know, but I am afraid that they might go to, cause we, we went to a Catholic church in Wildwood, New Jersey. Cause that's where we were on vacation. And it's like, it was, it was bad. I mean, not only the orientation, obviously you're going to have that with the Nova Sordo, but like the, the songs that it was just a guy with a guitar. There was a, a female Eucharistic minute. It would just, it, you can actually turn someone off. Right. That's the scary. And so it's like, I will find one for you. And <clears throat> I want them, I would say this, there's nothing wrong with Nova Sordo. I think to, if you want to really um, show somebody the beauty and, and, and fullness of, of mass, maybe link them to a diocesan 
Latin mass so they can see what's possible. And it's trans it's transformative. It's it, it'll transport you. It's like timeless. And then from there, if you do go into Overshot, it'll be like, okay, you know, like um, there might be things that are a little different, might be a little. Uh, I, I mean, know. look, if, if their first experience is a reverent Novus Ordo, that's different, right? right. But if they're right. going into some some liberal women from the parish parish, it's it could be atrocious, right? Like, you, Is there a distinction that you could look up online and be like, is this one more? That's uh, um, the yeah. New York area, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I only like, reverent Novus Ordo I've ever been to. Parish that we go to, yeah. Is the parish we go to. Yeah. I, I, I sat in for that. I sat in for um, not sat in, but we, um, I, I don't know if we went, went there later. We had to go there for hours, and there happened to be a Novus Ordo before, something like that. But I, I witnessed the Novus Ordo at Orientum. Um, yeah, and it was like unlike any. It was just it was like Latin I went for a holy day of obligation on my way home from work, and it was the first time I ever went and witnessed like an actual reverent Nova sword. I was like, Whoa, what is this? Yeah. yeah. The fact that it's possible, it's like, um, you know, I don't know. That's the, I think. Hey, the, what did you think of the Byzantine liturgy? Cause you went to that a couple weeks ago, right? They did that at, at our church. You, you know, you know, what's crazy about that? The way that you receive with the, with the spoon, what was well, specifically the, the, the body in, in the blood, you know, the intinction. Right. Like I've had that before. Like, I don't know what memory this is. Maybe it was like some weird, you know, cause like different church denominations will mimic the Eucharist as a symbolic thing. Um, so maybe that like in my youth, I went to so some our Bronx. lady of Mount Carmel in the Bronx, you would go and the priest would dip the Eucharist in the, in the, in the wine and, and serve it and do intinction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it could have been there, but also Lutherans. So my wife was raised Lutheran. Now, before I'm mm -hmm. taking my faith seriously, you would go, they would have a communion rail, you would kneel, and they mm -hmm. treated it more reverently than the Catholics do with wow. their con conveyor line. I know, you know that recently that they could, they could also, they also believe that you can lose your salvation too, which is, it's interesting. There's all different flavors for, and, and like uh, most Catholics would say, it's like they have a part of the truth. It's just whether you have the fullness of truth or not, and you desire to worship properly and all this stuff. And, and the claims are bold, and they're not meant to be condescending. It's just, just truly keeping intact what was given to us, and that's the yeah. importance there. And and appealing to people that know better than you and not being your own God, essentially. And, and you know, uh, I, I mean, I heard a brand new <laughs> uh, translation or a brand new uh theory on scripture like last night while we we're in the music group and i was getting so furious at this dude like a friend of mine i was like dude nobody thinks that you so you just you just added another schism you just like making up stuff you just started a new church dude it was, like it really got like nothing gets me pissed i was pissed i was like i'll kick you out i'll kick you out because you were derailing the conversation dude and i love this guy but i was like you are just speaking out of your ass and this is this is like not even harassment. It's frustrating. Even like it is frustrating. Yeah. One of one of the first, like early on when me and Rob started this, I had a conversation with my cousin who's who's Protestant on the channel. And it was a very messy conversation. Like very I had to edit a lot of it out. It wasn't it was pre-recorded. Was yeah. <laughs> That's a good Tony Soprano. Thank you very much. <laughs> the, uh, so I had to edit a lot out, but I but she was very open to hearing why Catholics do certain things. Like I explained to her the, the, 
the idea behind confessing to someone. There were just several things that I explained to her that she was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. Sometimes somebody is receptive to it. Hmm. You know, so a lot of the online arguments are difficult because if you get, if you're up against someone who's just anti-Catholic, adamantly anti-Catholic, you're not getting anywhere. Nope. You're not nope. changing that person's heart. And it might even sacrifice you, like the sanctity of this knowledge and this this truth. And there is such thing as like an un an unwilling recipient or like a non-conversation, just a battle of this. It's I feel sometimes, and I stay away from it now, but that you're just using it as a sword and shield instead of like this sacred thing that is meaningful. And it Can't starts to lessen it. So yeah, and it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to back up a little bit from some of the more like, or notice when something's bad faith, and then just back up. So there's it. there's two ways to look at that, right? Like if you're you may not change that person's mind, but sometimes people are looking on at it. So it's very you have to be very careful not to just try to win the argument. It's right. it's hard to not do that online, especially on Twitter. It's hard to not just try to win the argument. Sure, but if you handle it right. Even if that person's being belligerent, it might be somebody looking on that actually does have an open heart. Mm. So that that could swing. Because I do know a couple of people who came to Catholicism through online stuff, you know, sure. like like yeah. those online conversations. So yeah. it, it's so hard for me, dude. I just <laughs> like the denomination arguments that kid redeems Zoomer. It's like yeah. I don't know how he does it because he's he's arguing within protestantism and i'm just like i i have no head for this man. i don't know how you guys do it I, I like that there's the camaraderie though where it's like you know christian mario and orthodox and, and christian i Lee. love him dude i love i love all these guys it's like they they, they take it to, and, and then another thing too is like the the brotherhood even between the catholic and, and orthodox too I, yeah. I love that and I don't like to see, you know, aggression on each other. And, and you know, Pine Sap, who was in here before, too, he's great. C you know, Catholic Orca, I saw Christian Mario um, saying, good, I'm glad he's gone. He's insufferable. I was like, please don't mean that. that <laughs> Be nice. Well, well, he's he's annoying to Christian Mario. Like, <laughs> like even like, uh, all right, so modern Boethius. Like, I like him. Oh, he, yeah. People think he's annoying. I like him, dude. I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Morning bowl atheist? M modern modern <laughs> Boethius. He's modern, he's very similar to Catholic Orca. He's always yeah. talking about how amazing Pope Francis is and stuff. But yeah. but he has a sense of humor. I, I dude, my thing is if somebody can make light of themselves and not take themselves too seriously, like I'll get along with anybody that can laugh at themselves. Totally. I'm, so you know, just that, but I did have a like a kind of bad faith. This is always what it is when it gets me the most angry. When it's like I'm just asking a question. It's like yeah. no, what you did was you linked a video that said that uh, the Vatican is through the exalted is praising Lucifer because the Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, who say I don't know. Well, no, no. I mean, because the word Lucifer is in that uh, the exalted part of the the Easter liturgy. Yeah. Which you know, Aquinas says is like the jewel of of one of the jewels of the liturgy, and like he highly regards it. it's from the darkness to the light. And I'm like, and who do you think brings that light? The term Lucifer means bringer of light. Yeah. That attributed to both the devil and Christ doesn't make it the devil's name. In fact, I think after that liturgy was solidified is when that colloquial term became uh, a name for the devil or something like that. Just from that's so funny that you're explaining this because I never knew that. All mm -hmm. I thought they were doing was mistranslating 
Like they, I just assume they were just mistranslating what it actually no, said, and, but you just told me something. And here's the thing: like I looked it up, and I I cited nothing but non-Catholic sources, Jehovah's Witnesses, Baptists, uh, maybe Adv- I don't know if they're Adventists or what, but um, secular Bible scholars, historians, the History Channel, Wikipedia, like all of these non-Catholic things, and they all agree that that is just a poor translation. And so when you hear Lucifer, don't be like. Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, and it's it's hard because a lot of what they do is just like, look, that's wrong. Like that it looks wrong. So therefore it's wrong. And it's like and he was like, bro, don't get so, you know, aggressive. Like I was just asking a question. You were not just asking a question. Yeah. You're not trying to pick up. <laughs> yeah, that passive aggressive nonsense. Yeah. Dude, what did what did you make that of it? Real quick that night? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, go ahead. All this Lucifer crap. I, I had the most like sinful dreams. And that's when I went to the church the, the next day or the day after that. And I was asking my, my, you know, my friends there, like, can you sin in a dream? Because I felt like it was a lucid dream and I was making the wrong decisions. I even told my wife, I was like, there was some chick at some party and I was still married to you. And I was I, like, texted her. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And it's like, that's something I would never do. So that's yeah. why I'm comfortable telling you that. And I have nothing to hide, but I was being attacked like spiritually through through the, my dreams after just seeing the name lucifer like the devil's this the devil it was it was pretty messed yeah, up yeah that's actually that's a, a dude i it's that's funny you're saying that i had a dream like a couple of days ago where me and my wife were just, uh she was away at college and i had to call her and break up with her it was the weirdest thing. Like a new girl came in and she was helping me move into an apartment. And I had to, so I wake up the next day and I'm telling them, I'm like, Nicole, I had the weirdest freaking dream. Like, and I told her she was mad at me that I had this dream. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's great. But it's, I quoted you when I told her and I was like, you know what I heard the other day that it's totally true is like, I only have eyes for my wife. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll scroll on Twitter and I'll see like just some e-thought and like, because you know things that you don't follow will pop up and i'm just like oh like i'll literally like be like no thanks like immediately custody of the eyes is such an important discipline to to cultivate in your life man dude we walk around the streets in new york right Right. like in the summertime i'm a construction worker do you know how many scantily clad women are walking around new york like i'm just so disciplined about not looking i i tell my crew i'm like dude do you guys realize you whistling at a six makes that six think she's a 10 and then <laughs> she's going on and telling her friends i'm a 10 i'm a 10 she's not a 10 right. stop looking at her don't give her the satisfaction you're yeah. not helping her and you're not helping yourself just stop Dude, this stuff this is before the the my reversion conversion whatever you want to call it i was just you know regular just believing in christ guy and going to new york city to go to compound media i would find myself like sometimes almost like in risk of getting hit by a car or a bike just like staring until that chick went away like in the summertime in the city. And I just like, this is, it wasn't even like I need to hold myself to a, a religious higher standard. It's just like a matter of self dignity. It's like that loser. Sorry. Yeah. If, if she has a job, fine, but I doubt it, you know? And it's <laughs> like, I don't know what she does, but I know that I'm fulfilling like a dream of mine, which is to work with people that I admire and like doing what I love and having an opportunity, like a sort of one of one position that I, that God opened this door that I could fill. And, and through that now, I'm glad that I have a, you know, an audience that I do, because this will be what I'm talking about for a long time. This isn't going to go away and there's nothing else better you could do with an audience, I think. And so it's kind of, it's almost like the Roman empire was a, a kind of vessel for, for the good news. When it came, it was that perfect moment in time. It's like, you know, the people of, 
you know, uh, I don't know, maybe like me on the show, whatever like that. And, and thank you. And thank you for, but now that we're here, there's something <laughs> more important than me going, frankly, folks. <laughs> no, but you do drop little Catholic gems on Gavin's show all the time. I, I do. I try to. I do. You you always um, drop little Catholic gems in there. I I always hear you pushing a little something here and there, like the the show with the. I even like Gavin came on. He said you were you were talking to the cops about trying to convince them Catholicism was true and stuff. So. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just it's you can't stop it. You just can't stop it. It's like you want to spread the truth. You want people to partake in this thing. It's glorious and great. In the, in the most confusing of times we've probably ever been, where the most sin and distraction is just like building an empire around you and like what do you have besides being clandestine or moving to the woods well you could have spiritual armor and um then you could you don't have to be afraid of 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 all these things that are you know terrible yeah. but so basically before i was really committed to any church at all i remember being like i'm not going to look at these women anymore i i have a important purpose of being here and um <clears throat> i'm not going to give any more attention to that and i stopped gawking and this you know and that's partially due to gavin too cuz he was like you know, reintroducing shame into masturbation, which is like, yeah, there'll yeah. be people, you know, I commented on this porn star who OD'd and I was like, she's been a slave to this sinful life and spiritually she's been dead for a while. So if she does recover from this OD, which I hope she does, there is salvation and forgiveness ready for her. And hopefully she could turn this around. And that's the good news. The bad news is that she OD'd. The good news is that she can turn all this around, but this is a, when you live a sinful life like that, you are now in proximity to all sorts of other sins, and uh, it's not a surprise that like nobody's shocked when they see a porn star overdosing. They're like, "Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. what goes along with the lifestyle," and it's sad. You can't just write people off and be like, "Well, they're they've made their bed; they could lie in it." And I was ex exercising more love and compassion than the person in my comments who was like, "Oh, dude, that's not very Christian-like to judge or whatever." And I'm like, "I'm so tired of hearing that." And by the way, you're a coomer, like you. And then like the other guys, like, "Hey." Uh, can we get a post-mortem rack check or whatever? Like just the filth of dude. Do you know? So when Sinead O'Connor died, I said, I pray that she made peace with God before she passed. Like I was praying for her soul. I said, I pray, I pray that Sinead made peace with God before she passed. Yeah. The comments, you are so judgmental, blah, blah, blah. Like going through like people, it's like I just prayed for her soul. You people that like that dim-witted, do you not yeah. this is like people really don't get that everyone should make peace with God in their soul before they pass. Right. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, and that's why Twitter is a great place too, because I follow so many Catholic accounts and they follow me. And um, you know, when you see something like that, it would usually be a one-on-one -on -one where you're like, whatever I say is like, that's stupid. Your exegesis is very stupid and you don't know how to read and you did not interpret this correctly. And then it's like, well, people will jump in there and be like, dude, if you read what he said, they'll cl they'll clarify it for you too, because you don't have to fight every battle alone with this. And it, it's like we do look out for each other, and um, even you know, with uh, um, Catholics coming to the the aid of Orthodox when people are like too crappy towards them. Yeah. Like, well, we could also unite yeah. with the Orthodox on our love for Our Lady, and I, dude, I've found the Orthodox are very staunch creationists too. Oh, okay. Like, oh, like most of them are pretty staunch creationists they don't like evolution and stuff. so most of them that i know so far at least i mean the, the the whole idea of playing around with evolution seems to be a very catholic answers way of uh approaching the topic interesting so and, and like i said with with eric ibarra like catholic answers is a very 
specific purpose. They do a lot of good work. I just disagree with this one. Like, it's not like there's because they'll always say to you, well, the church allows you to believe in evolution, but they don't present it as one option and then present creation as the other. They present it as if Catholics should and do believe in evolution. It's like, dude, that's this is not the way it's supposed to go. Thank you for that, Trisha, by the way. I didn't know that, that my conversion was uh, in their intention. That's awesome. I pray for, I mean, yeah, I, I pray for it too. It's it's just like, there's just a closeness to it that is like instant. And then, you know, the same thing when, when you go to a, a Catholic church in a city that you've never been to when you're, you know, when we were touring around or something like that, it's like, it, it is a home away from home. It, it's more comfort than you have in a hotel or whatever. I'll see, I'll see images of like churches like throughout the week. And I'm like, I can't wait till Sunday. Yeah. But you, you know, you could always just, you know, in, you could always visit that. Um, you could always just pray to God and you could always just uh, do what you can when you're away from the church, but there's nothing like the mass. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in love with all of it. I'm really, and so a lot of people might be, I've noticed this from one of my friends. I'm not speaking about all people, but my friend uh, Kurt was like, he's kind of picking church. He's like, where, where do we go? And he's like, I do want to check out a Latin mass. And I also want to check out a Latin, um, an Orthodox uh, liturgy. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but I would say that when I was um, looking around, it was really, I was at a point where I wanted to go to a church and I didn't know which denomination I was stuck there a couple of years ago when we were at the old studio around that time. And I remember looking at orthodoxy and what appealed me, what was appealing about it is the, the sort of no modernism can be found, the traditionalism stuff like that's because I didn't know the Latin mass existed. And I also, I remember looking, I'm like, well, I'm not Russian and I'm not Greek. So I'm not going to go to the Greek one. I'm not going to go. And I just like stopped. And I just felt like, well, I don't, I don't know why that distinction there. And I'm sure, you know, and now I'm at the risk of sounding like uncharitable towards Orthodox, which is not what I'm trying to go for. But basically what turned me off about it was the non-universality of it. But I know I hopefully that doesn't run. Yeah, it's very, it's very um, uh, oriented to a particular, like they're very nationalistic, the, the Orthodox churches, right? So you like the Russian Orthodox and the the Greek Orthodox, they're very nationalistic there in that aspect. From, from what I know, I've never been to an Eastern liturgy. There's one near me. It's like a, there's a Byzantine Catholic liturgy near me that I want to go check out, but I'm dude, I'm, I'm Italian. Like I'm, I'm Latin. Like I'm not, yeah. what, am I, what am I going to do? Dude, what did you, what did you make of, yeah, right. Italian, isn't it? What did you make of the, the miracles? Right. So like you come in and you like, what do you make of discovering like incorruptible saints and Eucharistic miracles and stuff that had to be exciting. Our lady Guadalupe, the, the shroud of Turin. I was always afraid as a, as a kind of a, when I was Protestant or non-Catholic, I was afraid to look into it because I didn't want it to be false. Um, and then there's no fear. Now I have no fear. I will look into any of that stuff. And it's just amazing. The more that you look into it, it, it really is like God either has a sense of humor or knows that we're going to look deeper and he will never allow you to have all the facts because then you cannot have room for faith. Yeah. So I tell that to atheists. We're like, well, where's the proof? I was like, God would not steal away from you the, the faith, the you freedom. know, the, the, yeah. The, the 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 surrender the freedom the, like so you can't get all the facts it wouldn't be faith if you had all the facts sorry but you won't the shroud the yeah. shroud played such a significant part awesome. in my conversion yeah it's, i still look up stuff on the shroud like it's so it's so cool so we cool. interviewed barry schwartz um so, 
I saw yeah, that. we interviewed Barry Schwartz just on like the new evidence because that that carbon dating is such nonsense, dude. It's right. that, that the, there's a documentary that the Discovery Channel did on recreating the face of Jesus that they they present both sides of the argument. The the side against the, the validity of the shroud is so unconvincing. It's like if you put that shroud up before a jury, it is 100 percent going to pass with flying colors yeah. as being the shroud. It's amazing. It's 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 stunning. It really is stunning. It's crazy, <clears throat> and it just gets wilder and wilder. The more you look into it, it's with a telescope telescoping effect. It just gets, you know, that I think it was the was it the Lady Guadalupe where the Japanese scientist looked at it and then he fainted because he saw the re, the actually like uh, anatomically correct mirroring of an image like that would be found in the iris of a in the eyes, know. right? So that you <laughs> see the people. That she was looking at in her eyes and stuff, dude. I, I was yeah. so I was telling my son. Uh, we were talking about, forgot what we were talking about, but we, it, Our Lady c- came up because we were talking about how the original, uh, like when the conquistadors come to the Americas, they 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 come and they send missionaries here, and they're just not getting any converts. And then all of a sudden, Our Lady appears, and it's. 14 million converts in three wow. years. It's just, just an crazy. overnight thing. Yeah. She just completely transforms the continent. Yeah. I mean, due to like the, the, the far reaching, you know, uh, I mean, it's just like you could replace all of your secular content with just there. There's like, tr- and the fact that it is true and the fact that it's not like, you know, well, I'm watching some fictional thing and that was pretty cool. You know, yeah. it's like, there's so much, I mean, it's just like everywhere you turn, wherever you want to look, there is going to be an astounding. I was reading the missile, the Father Lassance missile, and um, just looking at the altar, what they explained about the altar was just mind blowing. It was like, yeah. you know, the, the five, there's the five marks representing the body of Christ and his wounds. And uh, like, there is just no. The priest turns around five times during the mass to face us to also represent those wounds. You ask your Protestant friend, say, Dude, can you name one pagan culture that Protestants converted? Oh, that's pretty. It's pretty not important. a single pagan culture that was converted by Protestantism. Only the Catholic Church converted the pagans. The division really hurts. You know, it's like uh, we could be experiencing a sort of Christendom again. And um, and the, the world, I don't know, it's just it's slipped into such confusion and garbage and you're re- we have to raise our kids in this and it's like a very pertinent time we're in a spiritual war and uh you have to be armed up correctly and if you don't know your faith like you know uh atheism is unstoppable is a guy who is on our network and he talked to uh, a christian who didn't know his faith so he's just given up ground yeah. given up ground given up ground and it comes down to the fact that he wants to believe and just he doesn't have uh the fact they're all there for you my friend they're all there you're covered you are covered you just got to know it and um faith uh, is faith is a matter of the heart it's not a matter of proof there's not there's no somebody that wants to be an atheist there's nothing you could say to them there's no miracle you could show them they will not believe it until their heart is ready to hear it yeah a friend of mine tony from the the music group last night he's he was like uh um things aren't great right now and it it is like and i just heard this not too long ago too but it's through your weakness that God can work and you are closest to God and God wants you to need him and wants you to be weak because he will be there for you. And, uh, and, and he's experiencing that, you know, it's like, it's yeah. almost like there's no atheist in a foxhole type of thing, but for just the mundanity letting you down. And uh, it was, it was beautiful. And 
I was like, I hope all this like theological talk doesn't turn you off. He's like, it kind of does. I was like, all right, don't worry about that. I mean, what you have is a very pure, you need this, you need this raw faith first, you know, or not first, but it could coincide with your learning. But, um, I do want to kind of pounce and be like, but dude, I mean, you got it. <laughs> yeah. He's not ready for it yet. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta tread shallow waters with some people. Right. All right, dude, we're at the two hour mark. Our, our, uh, local stream local just got cut, cut off. off right. Yeah. <laughs> and I have work in the world. I was going to do a locals tonight. We were like, we were going to cut it in an hour and then put an hour of this up next week. Cause all right. So I'm off next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going snowboarding with the hey, AM. That's awesome. Yeah taking the kids snowboarding so we won't be on next week we'll see if we can pop some older locals episodes up for everybody ryan dude you always could come on here man if like you ever have like a tuesday or thursday night you want to just come and hang like you're more than welcome that'd be great um, we it. will uh i won't see you at mass this week because i'll be away but the following week i'll see you at mass again we'll talk and awesome. we'll uh We'll do Catholic Palooza this summer together too, man. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and That'd anybody interested in that, like hollowed com, I think it is. And uh the dates yet again are March first and March second, uh, respectively, Torrance, California at the end is the name of the place. And then I forgot the name of the venue, but it's in Berkeley, California. But you can look up the info on his Instagram, Hollowed Beats, also. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. He's friends with uh my friend Enoch too. So yeah, the Catholic Palooza is only like uh, I think 40 minutes out of the city. Yep. So like we could fly right over there together. That'll be, that'll be a, a, a good time. So, all right, guys, please hit like subscribe. You guys know the deal. We're on locals. We got other stuff over on locals. If you're not subscribed over there and uh, Ryan, thank you, man. This was fun, dude. It was fun. Thank you so much for having me a uh, big fan of the show. I'm going to be continuing to watch and tell people, telling people about the show. Cause it's great. Oh, dude, we have Joshua Charles coming on the first show. We're back. Nice. You guys have yeah, amazing guests. And it just yeah. shows, like, you know, there, there's not like this Catholic community of, of uh, content creators. They're not like, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of a big guy. Like they, they're like, <laughs> yeah, I'll come chat with you. It is a, a true brotherhood. Anybody who is not Catholic and is interested or like um, dabbling with it, you know, it's just uh, I, I hope that you could. You could join the fullness of faith, the one true Catholic and apostolic church. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Josh Josh has this. Josh is working on a new apologetic by going into the fathers and showing how at the ascension, because uh, like he's dealing with a lot of Protestant arguments where they're talking about like the the end time stuff. And they're talking about, well, Christ is going to come back and reign in the flesh. And he's he's going he's going to present a new apologetic that i'm excited to show people because him talking to me about it and talking about like the the stars and things like that like it really made me start thinking even more about other things and yeah it's it's gonna be a good show so when when we come back it'll be february 20th i think right rob yeah i think february yeah february february 20th with joshua charles so all right guys thank you so much we will see you guys uh Friday. We're going to do some Friday. Yeah, Friday. So, all right, take us out, Rob. Ryan, hang out. We'll talk in the green room. Sounds good. Mm